Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast for Mail Plus TV. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor's here too. Yep. The enthusiasm is off the charts as per usual. Uh, this is DC Comics podcast. We get together, we've read whatever books this week from DC Comics that we desire to do so. And coming up on this week's show, we'll be discussing Strange Adventures issue 8. we got Future State Dark Detective issue 2, Future State Superman vs. Imperious Lex issue 1, Future State Batman Superman issue 1, Future State Aquaman issue 1, Future State Suicide Squad issue 1. Uh, none of us would have read this one, but Connor was forced to for Patriot. So, uh, Future State Legion of Superheroes issue 1. Um, and I also did a Patreon book. I've got American Vampire 15 as well. Um, which does leave me with one actually uh, behind, but I decided not to bundle up too many because I know that next one's going to be later. So I'll do uh, yeah. a second one next week. I have one that was supposed to be you know, this week as well. And basically, I, I got to the end of Legion and I was I, I don't have another comic in me after that. I just I didn't, I didn't have Yikes. it in me to read anything else. It ruined them. It, it did. I just, I just, I can't. I can't. I can't read anymore. Uh, take your so wait, did it break your ability to actually read, or it, it, your that, just will to live? That twenty-ish page issue took me over forty minutes to read. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make it an illiterate joke, but I don't. I won't. <laughs> I feel. I won't stop you, Matt. Feel free. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. It's just. It's not good taste. That's all. You shouldn't punch down. You know, but we're always punching down at Connor anyways, so, I mean, what's the rules? Yeah. Yeah. Well, punching down at Connor is completely approved on this show. I, just, uh, I feel like in this particular instance, it just kind of goes straight through me and hits Bendis and Rosmo, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're your shields or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what's coming up on the show this week. Um, no comic book specific news. There's a couple of you know, other media DC related things that popped up this week. Tim Drake's going to be on Titan season three because they need more cast members to fail to do anything useful with. Uh, so that's happening. I did, I did see a lot of people really annoyed about this. Like, you know, actual Titans fans oh. were quite annoyed by this because apparently season two got away from the, the core four that season one was and started focusing too much on like, you know, Jason Todd and was like a bit too Bat Family-esque. And now, and now they're, they're doing more in this season. They're like, they just want the Titans back. They got Babs and Tim coming. Uh, yeah. So yeah, more Bat Family stuff. Uh, and then the other thing is, save the date, everyone. Save the date. March 18th, I believe, is the day which you could finally get your hands on that Forbidden Fruit, that Ark of the Coveted, that secret coveted <laughs> prize that is the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Those people eagerly awaiting to it, look right into it, please. The, the only amusing thing about this to me is they chose the day where, like, tons of people are hungover because that's the day after Paddy's Day. Well, that's the only way they're going to be able to handle it. I mean, oh, man, I was I was fine when it was a miniseries and you could take it in chunks. Uh, the four hours I'm I'm officially Look, decommitting. I'm, I'm too lazy to do this, but that would be a perfect point when Matt says I was fine when it was a miniseries to cut back to Matt's opinion when it was first announced it was a miniseries because <laughs> I've got a funny good feeling yeah. that it wasn't if, uh, fine. If anyone would like to go find a link <laughs> and a timestamp uh, for the comments, uh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm just you saying know, it can be pinned I, probably. Okay, rewording. I came to terms with it being <laughs> okay. a mini. And now that it's back being a four-hour movie, I have zero. I, no, Zero. I, 
I, I'm glad it's back to being because it was never supposed to be a miniseries in the first place. That it was like this weird no. thing they were doing to it. But like, do you honestly believe like it was gonna be a four-hour theatrical cut? No, at most it would have been two hours forty-five minutes. Like, what's Endgame? That's like, three hours. Just right, right, right at the thing. I'll I'll, I'll buy it. Could have been three hours. I no, I get what you're yeah. saying. Because it's on HBO Max, he's got the leeway to make it as long as he got damn well pleases without giving a right. shit. Well, not like he ever gave one to begin with, but hey. I don't I believe he cares. I just I he... think he cares I, no, too, I, but... I think he cares about his movie. Yes. Uh, I don't think yeah. he cares about what is an actual good representation of these characters. He cares about Zack Snyder's version of these characters, which I just don't. So Well, I uh, I would I would slightly pivot that, because I do think he... I don't think he would phrase it that way. I think he thinks he understands these characters, uh, but obviously we disagree with that. It's a flawed misconception on his part, but I think he, as much as I dislike you know, most of his works, I don't think he has a lack of care. I think he tries. He just he fails from, from our perspective, but I do think he tries. I don't think he's lazy and just does whatever and just is there. He just has a very nihilistic worldview about everything, and he extends that to everything he creates, and that also impacts characters who are supposed to be kind of the opposite of that, but whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, Snyder Cut's coming. Have fun with that, Pete. There'll be content. Something's happening. I mean, I noticed Pete's reviews of something like WandaVision, which is about 24 minutes, coming in about 22 minutes. <laughs> so imagine what... What a review for a four-hour Snyder Cut is. I mean, it won't be four hours. I mean, I don't think it'll be anyway. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> that, that's another one. Bookmark that quote, people. Uh, I don't think it'll be. Uh, I, I just want that little, just, you know, just, you know, cut that out separately when you're editing this so that when you get to the end of your Snyder Cut review, you could just play that back. Yeah, Snyder Cut's coming, so I uh, look forward to, to that, I guess. Uh, if you're so inclined, um, I mean, there was some snippets of Suicide Squad. HBO Max put out like a, a sizzle reel, and there were some snippets, some new footage, uh, of like Peacemaker and a couple of moments. I, 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 I didn't see it. I saw there was an interview. I, I'm assuming it was with with James Gunn, who mentioned that there are other DC characters that are going to show up in the Peacemaker TV show that they're doing on on Max. But I mean, that's not really surprising. Yeah, I mean, it already looks better than the last Suicide Squad movie, but I mean, that's not really saying much. It's, not, it's pretty low bar, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he, he did say that he basically just made that Peacemaker TV show because he was bored during the pandemic and just sat and wrote a TV season. That's pretty boredom. much why we got um, Reckless, uh, you know, the, the graphic novel from Brubaker and Phillips. And, yeah. you know, that, that like, trilogy of, of graphic novels that's coming out. It's just they're like, did, well, did we can't do monthly comics, so graphic novels? Right. Like, hey, I gotta get on that one. I just picked up good. all of all of Fatal. Oh like, yeah, super I cheap from from my comic shop. So I I need to get pulp. I haven't got pulp yet. Yeah. Um, I'll probably just shoot an email to my store after this and tell them to yeah. throw on my next order. Yeah, so pulp pulp was good. I want to read Reckless, but yeah, I I like seeing creatives do like this thing right now with like so many different things are going to come out of the 2020 pandemic. Because they had nothing else to do, you know, like yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited to see that. Now. <laughs> yeah, besides babies, but, uh... Tim can speak to that one. I think uh, there's yeah. going to there's, there's going to be an entire like really 
like small generation. I don't mean small in terms of number, but small in terms of like a, a range of year. Where it was like just like a two year period oh, where there's oh, going to be so many people will, who were born. There's a chance this will be looked back as the, as a you know as a you know next wave of boomers. Yes, right. yes, the the 2020 boom. Uh, well, why? Because they were bored. Because everyone was just bored, and that's hey. all there was to do. <laughs> The friends I'm going to after this to drop off baby gifts, that's exactly what happened with them. Uh, they were they were fine with their one, and then here comes two, and now, yeah, fun times. Excellent. All right, well. Only uh, humankind can get bored and create new life. Well, let's be honest, it's only because it's a side effect of what they actually wanted to do. True. <laughs> That's this true. Is like a, a really weird, you know, I've just got really weird taking like uh, Doctor Manhattan do, doing this essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I was bored. Okay, new life. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's a small percentage percentage of people who just said, you know what? Let's actually try and have a baby in this time because we've got we, we have more time than normal to focus on the the experience. So why not? But the vast majority was not planned. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> they were boring yeah. and. Going to, going to the the story against my condoms was too scary because everyone wasn't wearing masks. Well, yeah, like I so I, the, I've taken every single precaution whatsoever and went to a doctor's appointment this week to get my sinuses checked out because I've had this just hanging out sinus issue. For the, the first half weeks. of that sentence, I thought Matt was talking about sex. No. <laughs> I've taken every precaution. Yeah, I've taken every no, precaution. No. Quite the opposite. It's still not working. Uh, try uh, anyways, and I had to quarantine because enough of my sinus incidences lined up with possibly you know the scary thing and so i had to stay in our guest room for three full days and yeah so i understand it being too scary to go to the store because i don't want to do much now after dodging that bullet that that was me last week where i Mm -hmm. developed a slight cough just enough that i was like no this is sticking around and i'm like i should probably play it safe and uh you know i got, got my test came back negative but even even yeah. even after having a negative test my work's like no you're taking the full 10 days which is mm-hmm. you, know, you know government policy over here i told them carl's affinity for failing tests finally came in handy for something i tell uh-huh, you right yeah <laughs> good over this very good at written tests why do you feel to defend yourself it's clearly a dumb joke he has to defend because, himself because... every time because I feel like that's like one of the few areas. I've pushed a button. I've pushed power. a button. I've, I've 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 questioned his intelligence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, but yeah, no, my my came back negative too, which was quite a relief. Um, so yeah, I, I think I had like four days of just like well, you know, in limbo of not knowing. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of that's more irritating. If if it, if I knew I did get it, and I'm like, all right, I've got it. I can just wait it out now. Right. I, 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 I feel like that would be easier, even though I'm still stuck well, inside and for longer, yeah, I think it would be easier for certainty. Yeah, the fact that oh, my only symptoms were still my sinus ones that were, were yet unresolved because the doctor, thinking that you have that, doesn't give you care, because if you're that contagious, they got to get you out of there, right? And, uh, yeah, just knowing that I probably, like, 95% don't have it, yet still sitting in the spare bedroom, not being able to do anything... That- that's why I was like, I'm like, I'm just coughing a little bit, not even like a lot, just enough that I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is probably nothing. It's probably yep. just a cough from anything else. Yeah. But... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did get some comics read, as you know, and movies watched, and you know, wow. it was yeah, I got yeah. comics read. It was nice. I actually, 
Do you know what? I watched the movie last night purely because I wanted to see where a meme came from. You ever seen that gif of the bearded guy? Sort of the camera sort of tracks in or zooms in, and Jeremiah nods? Johnson. Yes, I know what that was yeah. from, and I was shocked to discover when I looked up the the meme because obviously I knew the meme quite well. But that was Robert Redford. I went, wait, what was this Robert Redford yeah. movie? So I watched Jeremiah Johnson last night. Dude, for the longest time, I thought it was Zach Galifianakis or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Robert Redford and Jer- Jeremiah Johnson. It's from 1970. Uh, was, was Galifianakis even born in 1972? <laughs> I, 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 no. I well, uh, if you just look at it. Uh, if you just get, look at it. Because he's uh, done, like, enough weird things that you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely something, like, that came from, like, I don't know, between two ferns. Or something, but I sent it to my dad one time in conversation, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's Jeremiah Johnson. What's this from?" As you know, my dad doesn't understand gifts. Um, yes. And and yeah, so I was shocked. I thought he was just messing with me. No. Yeah. So I, I just I watched that just for the origin of the, yeah. the meme. Uh, it, it's basically like the Revenant, but in 1870s, right? Like. Yeah, kind of. Surviving in the wilderness. It's, let's, it's... let's be honest, though. Pete watching a movie for the meme is like low bar this week on the internet. Yeah. Of doing things for the memes. Yes. No one wants to talk about the stupid Reddit thing, right? No, no one cares. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just saying, you know, like doing things for the memes, you know, you, you could do more than just watch a movie. I, I, that wasn't the point of the story. I was just telling you no, about a movie but, I watched. Yeah, he just he wants to know where it came from. It's funny because <laughs> I, I'm doing a rewatch of New Girl. And uh, I have found like four memes that or or gifts that I send out as reactions. I found the episodes those came from by accident, so that was uh, mm. it's always fun to experience that. Yeah, yeah. I also watched the 2017 Jumanji movie because I hadn't seen that for some reason. It was it's on fun, Prime. Fun. It was all right. It was uh, it was surprisingly more sequely to the original than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. fair play. Uh, the uh, the sequel as well to, to that one is still pretty solid. Worth, yeah, worth yeah. watching. I'll probably watch it. So, you know, well. Yeah, especially for the 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 Kevin Hart as Danny Glover, just because you're just like okay, mixed mixed reactions on Kevin Hart usually, but I do got to say he really turned it up. For I that think one. Rock he's, is he's still Danny the weakest Rico. part of those movies, yeah. but he's better than I usually find him. I will say this: Jack Black is better at playing a teenage girl than yes. Vince Vaughn is. Yeah. Oh, that's not good for that movie. I want to watch. It's not bad. No, it's still worth yeah. watching. But I think the worst part of it is definitely Vince Vaughn. It, it, that just it, it feels like he's just in a generic. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the teenage girl that we met in the opening no, act. That, that just... scene in Jumanji where he's teaching Karen Gillan how, how to flirt someone. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I I about fell out of my chair in the theaters. Oh, I miss theaters. <laughs> <laughs> theaters? I don't remember theaters. What's this? What's this theaters? Yeah. Well, actually, just to sort of swing this back around to the stupid stock thing, AMC theaters got like saved from six hundred million dollars of debt this week because of stock debacles for the memes. Yes, for the, for the memes. Yeah, it basically saved the whole movie theater chain for at least a couple of years. That and uh, the the cryptocurrency Dogecoin, obviously, you know. Yeah. Is, there, is anyone else finding this is just kind of revealing just how much bullshit the stock market actually is? Mm-hmm. Something that I felt for years and years and years. It has like, finally publicized it. To I mean, it, it was an open secret anyway. Everyone kind of knew, but now you have to kind of right. openly accept it. Like, when, how, how, how did a th- theater just 
have six hundred million dollars of debt wiped out. That's what? What? We're, there's countries. There's countries struggling to feed people, and all of a sudden, six hundred million dollars just. Oh, all of a sudden, no one owes that anymore. Yeah, it's that easy. Well, it's almost as if money itself is a imaginary concept that is attributed value to I mean, for goods. Ever since we got off the gold standard, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, at the same time, you know, this is all stuff. Like, even watching The Big Short, not even that peering back the curtain a little bit, being like, nothing. None of this seems on the up and up. How is this still going I, on? I appreciate the hell out of that movie for taking that concept of and you know of, of you know what the the, the market of the stocks the, the mm-hmm. financial situation is and kind of having fun with it and but in a way that is still educational and probably a lot more digestible to a lot of people mm-hmm. well at the time uh now that I've, it's been a few years removed i couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about oh, no, what I, I, you could probably watch scenes from that and it would you know act as a refresher yeah but like i couldn't well, explain it right now <laughs> the People were tagging Adam McKay going, hey, can you get uh, Margot Robbie to do an update <laughs> from her scene in that uh, to explain what exactly is going on with all this I, other shenanigans? I feel like she probably would. I think she would, too. She's, she's well, a good one. That well, what's she doing? She's just get, get, get a camera, get in her bathtub, and explain to us what's going on. See, Pete doesn't remember much, but he remembers Margot Robbie in the bathtub. Well, of course I'd remember Margot Robbie in the bathtub. <laughs> a man does not forget Margot Robbie in the bathtub. No, not, not easily. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so it's just this the news this week. Being trapped in a room while all that's going down, I felt like I was having a fever dream, despite <laughs> not having a fever. It just, just like so unreal, doesn't it? That that yeah. this is. Could you could we just talk about the fact that it's still January as we record mm-hmm. this? Jer- Jerry had what it, it, an insurrection, an impeachment, an inauguration, and then you know the the, the stock implosion, like everything. It's in that four weeks. Man. And next next week's the Super Bowl, so who knows what's going to oh, go Jesus, on there? Already, yeah. So it's, like, it's always like January, doesn't it? Yeah, well, they, it's been pushed back now because they've started the season later. Now it's early February, but it used to be the last Sunday yeah. of every of every. But it's um, always right at the start of the year, though. Is what I'm saying. It always feels yeah, like it's yeah. Right. But we're not even at the Super Bowl yet, <laughs> and all of this insanity, you know. It's... And now we have a 41 year old quarterback back into the for his 10th Super Bowl. On a, on a different team this time against a young upstart who's going for, his, say, for that, his second. I mean, I don't know enough about American football, but in most athletic sports, that's yeah. pushing it for the, the, the you know, the... the oh, yeah, team. and he's had some moments this year that are very like, what are you doing, dude? But hey, he it's like he picked a team and went, yeah, I'm taking them to the Super Bowl this time. Like, at that yeah. age, that's usually, all right, go play in some lower leagues. Go have some fun for your last couple of years. Make some easy right. money. All right, so... Yeah, it's just, it's 2020, the year that keeps on giving. Like, I feel like we are in that meme that's 2020 part two. I don't know, because I feel like 2020 was misery and, like, everything bad. Do you remember how we started 2020 with fires in Australia? Remember that? I mean, no one does, because (laughs) everything else happened. I I should, because I bought a, a fundraiser shirt from Violent Gentleman to the money going to, you know, fire crews in, in Australia. But until you brought it up, I kind of spaced. I mean, like, but that was still last year. 2021 oh. feels a bit more like the, the chaotic, neutral version, where it's just kind of like all these wacky things happening. And some of them actually have kind of positive twists to them. Not all of them, but whereas last year, I feel like every new story that came out was just misery and pain and death and suffering. And <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit more all over the place this year, but it's been a busy year already. 
Yes. Uh, it's been a hell of a year. It's January 11. All right. Uh, the meme. <laughs> Have a meme. Uh, so, let's <laughs> talk about comic books. Uh, so, I, well, well, Strange Adventures issue 8, I think we'll start with that because uh, we'll get to the Future State stuff after. I think, I think Strange Adventures is the main event of the week. Uh, Tom King, of course, writing with Butch Gerard and Doc Shaner on the art. So we're sort of at the end of the, the second third. Uh, not that this has to exactly match what the second act is, but it does kind of feel like we're entering really upper stakes in terms of everything. The invasion of Earth by the Pict is in full swing. Yeah. And those those brief moments where we see the various Justice League members dealing with that does feel like an epic event happening, sort of. Not as the focus per se, Kind of, no. but no, it's it's kind of like it's the background. It's the background, but it feels kind of yeah. epic in the background. So and seeing seeing our heroes that we know can deal with like let's say Dark Side, looking like they're having a harder time with the pick really builds them up. And that how did Strange take them on? I mean, I know he wasn't by himself because he had the forces of Rand, but like, you know, you it, it, it just it adds more incongruity. Well, Matt, to, to answer that question, he had to become someone else. He had to become something else. Yeah. This this issue kind of feels very 2020, in the sense that there's there's this devastating backdrop that's affecting seemingly most of the world, and everyone's obviously aware of that and it's there, but then you 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 know you try to follow this you know personal story to one man and and that feels very you know in in, in a relatable way you know everyone trying to do their own thing in in the US, the world is just mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, uh, so. We have the fact that Phoenix is gone. Flash gets there. He thinks he's going to save people because Batman's saying, "Hey, you know, get, get there now." And he's, he's actually just breaching the defenses. Yeah, he's yeah. just trying to get there to uh, what it turns out to be is try and look for survivors, which he does not find any. He just counts the dead. Um, which that that two page spread of him just looking at the the the, the mm-hmm. wasteland that was once Phoenix uh, is pretty pretty dark and pretty depressing the, the, the speech bubbles yep. spread across the pages he's counting it's up to like uh-huh. I think almost 38,000 yeah yep. so super dark stuff and obviously a lot of this art's great I mean the, the page a few pages later were uh, terrific swimming towards the crashed ship and this is where they find the pick survivor who's crashed on earth uh, which mm-hmm. leads to the interrogation with him and Batman um which has some, you know, it's funny. I, I do love that there's some humor in there, even despite the fact that it's a pretty dark issue. Uh, where Batman, who notably, and to be fair to Batman, this language was never learned by a human before, and terrific kind of showed off by coming in and doing it so quickly. So the fact that right. Batman's even kind of get a grasp of it is impressive. But it I, is kind of funny that he's he's only he's only kind of half doing it. It sounds a bit off. Yeah, <laughs> I it definitely. If you read it out loud, it definitely sounds it, like. I mean, just the know. start of it is is I Batman's. Yes. Or but you could, but you can understand what he's saying though, which I, so I think it does a good job of getting across kind of how he's yeah. mangling it without not ruining exactly mm-hmm. the, the point of it. As I Batman's, as Mains Planet Earth attack Mains Planet is not good. It's a little bizarro. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that the whatever dialect slash accent the guy is speaking in, he doesn't quite understand it all because you know, you know, the the guy re- re- responds. You got Batman sat there, you know fingers up you know he's, he's looking he's staring he's, he's trying to understand and he turns to mr Triffitt, he's like did you get all that yeah that, i mean that's the real payoff to it it's just that that, that three yeah. panel page where batman you know here's the response and you think he's just considering what he's heard but he actually just turns and says eh, did you understand that he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like yeah i got it okay good <laughs> back to looking menacing okay yeah um, well, and also terrific knowing the physiology of the pick and you know 
to know that this is an older, right? An, an older warrior. And so that means they're probably higher ranked, you know? Uh, so that's how they know they can get information out of them. I thought that was a pretty fun series yeah. of him putting together. Um, Did I misunderstand? I thought it was the opposite. I thought it was a young soldier. Is that what it was? was I, that... I took it... Um, hold on. These are chambers. Now, seeing, seeing as how you fight using, you know, picked words. <laughs> right. well, I have to admit, the only confusing thing about the, the, that stuff where it was like the picked words that obviously didn't have an English word to replace it with right. is that I thought it looked like ha 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 ha. So I'm like, wait, is the Joker suddenly <laughs> appeared out of the scene? At first okay, glance? so this is why, yeah, this is why I misread it. Because when he gets to a, a, a blank old soldier alive, I read that as yeah. an effing old soldier, but it's the picked word. For whatever number of years it is. So, I, yeah, I, so I also did the same thing that Matt did, where yeah. it yeah. looks... I think comics have trained us to see symbols yeah. as a re, in the middle of a speech yeah. like that as a replacement for swearing. Word. Right. Yes. Uh, no, because he says here that's only been taught for the last three years at... Three years. Academy, yeah. So, right, which, which confused me, because I was like, okay, well... I don't know, maybe it's because it was so... He wasn't good at it. Right, so it's only been taught for three yeah. years. So, he's not a master anyway, of it because he's old. But the bubble that you told know. me that made me think he was young, though, is that means you're just blah 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 old. So the idea that right. we don't have a word for whatever the number system they use is. So right. you're just blah blah old. So I took that as he's young, and when he mentions right. the old soldier, he's saying, "Well, this would keep an old soldier alive for so long, and you're young, so right, you know, you're." Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think me and yeah. Matt both made the same mistake of it. Mm -hmm. it you know, it's and we read it as that means you're just you know effing old basically right. uh you know um again just because of the way comics have trained us to read symbols right. in, a, in a bubble but i that. did i did get confused i liked the sequence for what this did was showing terrific does remember enough of him going to ran to study about the picks you know that he carried it over to what's going on here and that he used that to basically bring this guy in to to get more information out of him but no yeah um, it definitely makes more sense pete uh, that way, that he's a younger guy and, you know, feels like there's more to lose. Yeah, uh, and he kind of outlasts them because he's not getting tired, but obviously Batman's perfect being human or eventually, like, man, this has been 18 hours. Can, can he just finally talk, please? Um, and ultimately, he, you know, he, he yells about Adam Strange and it, obviously he says it in a, you know, his accent or dialect and Batman, because I actually even noticed that it was meant to be Adam Strange until Batman said that he just said Adam Strange, and I went back and looked at it and went, oh, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Oh, damn. Scarange. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's their approximation of the word Adam Strange. It's funny, because yeah. sometimes we follow this just looking at the one plot site, because usually those are the two, because you've got the the, 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 right. the modern and the, the, the past, but the, the different well, the art styles. And the, and yeah. the and I feel like sometimes we go in order, sometimes we split the two. And we've stayed split so far with this, just talking about the modern stuff, because I think because the war on Earth feels very specific and different. Yeah. But it is worth mentioning here that everything, to, as the book goes towards the end of the issue, it's very important how it's all intersecting in terms of themes and story. Mm -hmm. Because it's all basically the realisation that Adam Strange became an absolute war criminal and right. became this savage, uh, vicious... Person. The, the way they see it, it was attempted genocide. Yeah. Right. Um, because we see in the in the in the past, like he comes home, Alana's happy to see him. He's being kind of cold with his daughter, but uh after the heartwarming moment for me was is when he eventually goes to speak to 
uh, yeah, Aaliyah. And she's got, like, the rocks out, and she's playing, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm planning an attacks and stuff. And she's like, okay, so the, all these rocks are all the, all the bad guys, and this one rocks you. And he says, it's, that doesn't seem very fair. And her response is, yeah, I couldn't find any more mean rocks to be in the bad guy side. I thought, yeah. that might be the sweetest thing <laughs> well, I've read in the comic in quite some time. <laughs> Weren't the picks invading Ran, as far as we know? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't Ran invading wherever the picks were. So the fact that this guy is like, the, the pick guy is like, oh, it's attempted genocide. I was like, well, wait, now I'm even more confused because as far as we know, they were invading. I think they were invaded. So, I think I think the idea is, is that Adam crossed the line because he even mentions that he started ki- killing women and children. This was like you know he started killing civilians. It wasn't like fair war if, if there's such a right. thing. I, I think this is retaliatory strikes where he might have right. gone and actively attacked the picked. Yeah, gotcha. You know, may- maybe their home. Oh boy, where have I heard this before in actual hi- human history? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm completely shocked that Tom King would have an opinion on that. Yeah, because yeah, uh, that's the other thing is that so they they capture a. A pick member, and in the past, this is right. So again, obviously, this mm-hmm. parallels the present day stuff. And Adam's supposed to talk to him because he spent the most time with them. He'll he'll have an idea. He's got he's rocking a big beard at this point as well. It's worth mentioning to yeah. distinguish. And he doesn't even want to talk to him. He just shoots him in the head. As there's the as there uh, the guy from Rand's like, no, what are you doing? Come on, like Adam, no, that's a waste. Like we could get something from him. And he's like, I'm going on a camping trip with my daughter. I'm spending some valuable time with her. And did anyone else feel this foreboding sense of dread that whatever's going to happen to his daughter is going to yep. happen on this camping trip? And yep. we actually don't even know, is there going to be a third party? Is it just Adam? Like, I'm actually worried. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Because we know, you know he's I... covering something up. Uh-huh. He's covering something up in that he's, he has an enormous sense of guilt for whatever it is. And I... Correct if I'm wrong, but Alana does not know about it. No, right. she doesn't know. That's that's why. Okay, I am remembering that. That, that was a big detail from the last couple yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah, I'm just know. checking to remember him right. Because because uh, we because we, we thought for a long time that she she was the one covering up more things than he was. Right. But all of a sudden, the big realization that whatever happened to the daughter is kind of she's just taking him at his word and doesn't actually know or experience it herself. Yeah, right. I I wonder what's happened because obviously there's a big moment as they're leaving. Alana says to her, you know. If if the Zeta beam you know grabs you know wears off and you know and he disappears you know you you know you call the comms and you know I'll come and pick you up don't stay out there alone so I wonder if part of the guilt is him having been zapped away in a crucial moment perhaps yeah yeah it could be in a crucial moment it could be something happens to the comms she can't call her mum for help so she's alone and therefore that's where the danger comes um because i mean and i have this foreboding sense of dread and it's i suggested there that you know adam himself might do something bad it's not that i am actually leaning towards that or i think he's going to harm his daughter uh that is that is the darkest possible no, place but, for us to uh, go but but it's even worse if it's something that his actions bring down upon his family right mm-hmm. do we have any like, uh concept of how long it's been since this like how old the daughter would be now um because it's been pretty vague with timings i think yeah no, because I'm, no, I'm wondering no. if, if like she was taken by the Picts because of, right. you know what, uh, you know, the Zeta beam, you know, it took him away. Right. She was left and got captured, and maybe she, being an empathetic child, learned to understand them, and that's why he had to, you know, pretend she was dead, you know, and, and maybe she essentially has joined their side. I don't know. That, that could, could don't be know. something. Uh, I, I get why he'd keep that a secret. I don't know. It could be in any 
number of things. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, but I definitely feel like it's definitely retaliatory from the picks now because the fact they brought up that he started killing civilians, basically, you know, the women and the children, and now he's going off for a camping trip. Yeah. And the fact that Aaliyah brings up, like, he got that, she got that rock from going camping with, with Alana, you know, yeah. from the time they went out and, you know, and then just the way that he kind of, on the last page, almost has like a far off look in his eyes, you know? So, mm -hmm. and it's also enough time that he's been back on Earth that he's written a book and it's been published, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's going to be at least a few years. Yeah. I don't and think it's been like 10, maybe. And that final page, because obviously the second last page is the, the full page spread of her saying, I love you, daddy, as they're looking off into the horizon going out camping. And then the last page is two panels, right? Evenly split. There's the, the quote in the middle, so there's a lot of white negative space. Mm -hmm. And there's a pile at the top, which is him just saying, I love you too, sweetie, in a close-up. And the pile at the bottom, because it's worth mentioning, for, throughout this entire issue, I don't think we see Adam once in present day. All issue, no. until this final panel. Oh, and, it's, and it's him... And I'm like a, I would even say it's a morgue. It's basically just a storage locker with a bunch of dead body bags, and he's just sitting there, uh, feeling small. But and it's it's the total opposite of that top panel because the top panel is this close up of his face, and it's like, not that it suggests strength or confidence or anything like that, but it's this really intensity. Whereas yeah. the bottom, he feels small and weak and insignificant, and he's surrounded by death. Like the right. the, the this, parallels this are page is like a prime example of how to use multiple artists in a story, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just this page, obviously the whole book alone is, is, is a you know a testament to, to how good it's been, but you can boil it down to just this page uh, quite easily. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not a surprise. I mean, this may be the best issue of the book so far, and that's saying something. I mean, I don't think any of us have said anything negative yet. I think it's a pretty no. much flawless... Do you know what? I will say one tiny, tiny nitpick thing. What you know, a surprise! It's coming really... from Connor. Everyone, no, no. get your and bingo cards out. This is me intentionally going to find something. Okay. This is well, on the the very first page. You got the you know, scene of all the, the different heroes fighting. You've got uh, uh, Wonder Woman fighting at the bottom, and she says Thunderbolts of Jove, and that stuck out to me as weird as to why she's using the Roman name instead of Zeus when she's always <laughs> uses Greek names. Because that's she's that. She's that affected by the invasion. It's just throwing her off. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing else to complain about. Like, it's, it's a fantastic issue. And as I said, that is like the super nitpickiest thing I could possibly find. But, you know, it seemed weird. Yeah, those first few pages are great. That, that, that panel of the bat wing flying from some picked, like, fighters or whatever. Like, it's so beautiful. Those green lines re representing, like, the blasts that they're firing at them. It's, it's, it's beautiful stuff. Some of Garrett's best work. It's just stunning stuff. Stunning. Mm -hmm. um, I really, I can't... And I think, uh, whoever, are they doing their own colours again? I think they are, aren't they? Because the yeah. colours in particular in this issue are spectacular. Like, you know, the, the, the reds and the blues in the, the present day stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that page with the, the, the flash in front of Phoenix, you know, with all the, the, the orange and the reds and the yellows. Oh, it's just, all, all the colours are just spectacular in this issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. and obviously we we also over the scene where he fights with Alana in the past when she's yeah. trying to get him to connect with his daughter uh, I think it's worth mentioning that scene just in, at least in passing because I just think it's kind of what sets up my unease at, you know that he's in a bad place and what he might end up doing right. she's realising that maybe he's going too far he's becoming someone mm. else yeah uh, so no 
glorious stuff. And the coloring, uh, when Terrific's fighting the Pict and the ship before they capture him, uh, just the, the res and the blues. The, yeah, that. that's what I was on about. Yeah. So good. Just wonderful stuff. It's, uh... I mean, uh, we'll get us, we'll score it. Uh, Matt, what, <laughs> what are you rating it? Um, I'm going to give this one a, a nine. Connor? Mm, 9.5. I think it's a spectacular issue. Yeah, I'll go with an 8.5. I was trying, I was trying, just, do I feel it at the 10? Am I feeling at the 10 right now? And I don't think I'm quite, I'm just not quite there, but there's nothing I, I can really fault in it. It just hasn't got the, so the, the emotional resonance in this issue is all the devastation mm-hmm. of Earth. It doesn't have that moment with, with Adam in this issue that you, uh, that I think would push it into the, the 10. <laughs> well, mm. and that's because they, they do alternate. This is an even number, so that is a terrific, a terrific takes the lead versus the odd, which is an Adam. So, yep. you know, and I think that's by design that they're they're keeping us away from Adam right now because yeah. of you know what what's the payoff in the next issue, which is going to be Adam. Focus. Yeah, it's it's not really a complaint. It's more just that's yeah. what it would need that emotional beat to kind of push it into the ten. And I I fear it's coming next issue, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the next book, so I was distracting my phone there for a second <laughs> because I'm debating I'm debating. With uh, an audience member talking Superman, a uh, longtime oh boy. friend of the show, uh, is watching Superman for a quest for peace, and uh, he 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 thinks it's a great movie. He he, he thinks it's a great Superman movie, <laughs> and I said I get I get that it's faithful to the character, but it's still a terrible movie. You know, it's just it kind of it's it's not because obviously the Snyder problem is very different because it, it's, it's like it's the opposite right. of Man of Steel, where Man of Steel is a fine movie, but it's just a terrible Superman adaptation, right? Uh, and they call me uh, a movie snoop, which is fair enough. I just wanted to mention that talking Superman is that devoted to his character that he is standing up for Superman for a quest for peace. I, I get it. I mean, I much rather have something like a quest for peace than Man of Steel, but that's just me. I mean, I think there's more novelty. It's the same way that I would rather watch Batman and Robin again than Batman v Superman. But yeah, uh, I do have a soft spot for Superman three, uh, and it just but, so happens. <laughs> that uh, the villain in that, the actor Robert Vaughn, just popped up in a movie I watched this week, which was Chud 2, Bud the Chud, uh, which is a... Bud the Chud. Which is a, a gem of the ladies. Wonderful title. I think it deserves an extra point. Whatever yeah. score you gave it deserves an extra point. For the I, I'll just put it this way. Uh, there's like a little, little poodle that gets turned into a zombie poodle and is like jumping mm. around attacking male men. It's, just, it's quite delightful. Uh, is that Bud the Chud? That's not Bud the Chud. No, Bud the Chud's uh, uh, as a man. Gotcha. <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing like Chud One for these. Chud One's a very boring movie, all things considered, which is weird. But uh, hey ho, it does have the backstory to Home Alone in it though, because both Daniel Stern and the guy who played Kevin McAllister's mm-hmm. father's in it. So yeah, if you want to try and retcon that into the backstory of Home Alone, you could do something with it, maybe. But, uh... but hey, let's move on. Yeah. I just wanted to make fun of Tom Superman for defending a quest for peace, that's all. <laughs> so, where are we? Future State, Dark Detective, issue 2, Mariko Tamaki uh, and Joshua Williamson writing with Dan Mora and uh, Giannis Milaniganius. Uh, sorry, uh, I gave it my best shot. Close enough. Close enough. Uh, I'm just going to call him uh, G. Uh, Milo, right? That's my new nickname. I'm going to tweet at him and see how you pronounce his last name. <laughs> 
Uh, I just know that there there is a basketball player named Giannis, and it's spelled the same way. So there might be some fun phonetic. Uh, oh, maybe a Giannis. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I expect so, that with a J, not a G. I I don't know. I know. Yeah. I think Giannis is who they call the Greek freak. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I don't know basketball very well. Um, but I do know from listening to certain sports shows that it is they do call him Giannis and not Giannis. Who knows though? Everyone's names are different. Uh, okay, Dark Detective. Uh, so part two. So this is one. Of, this is one of the few that gets four issues out of this because this is the second issue this mm-hmm. month. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we, you know, the first part of the main story of this was one of the the more positive, I think, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of reception. Uh, I think this 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 part of the story for the main for main story makes it a lot more straightforward because I think the first one was intentionally kind of like jumping back and forth right. and you were trying to get your bearings. This was more sort of solidifying, okay, this is where Bruce is now. They believe him to be dead, but he's living with this cons- conspiracy nut. Which actually, the ending of this story kind of made me laugh a little bit because the whole kind of joke is, is that this conspiracy nut thinks that they're being watched and everything. He, he thinks the TV's spying on him. And then by the end of the issue, Bruce kind of realizes that, oh, it's kind of true. They've got invisible little bug drones that are spying on people. <laughs> Which also makes me question uh, Fox and how much he has to do with the magistrate at this point. Also, mm. learning from this that the magistrate isn't doesn't seem like at least at first is a person as much as it's a group that the mayor brought in, and then they kind of lost control of them, and they took over the city. That that's the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah, I also I mean first things first, Dan Moore's art who's back on art from the first mm-hmm. part uh, is wonderful again uh, yep. uh particularly any time they're out and the lights and those explosions or there's neon it, it's just delightful yep. to look at um, and a lot of that's down to better colors as well right yeah mm-hmm. uh, also there's like robot drone things in this which actually popped up in a few of the books this week but the dialogue made me think oh, like it's basically ed 209 just have him say right. the 209 lines. I was like, just stop holding back. Come on, Tamaki. Stop holding <laughs> back. Just just do it. Uh, but, yes. So, Bruce is investigating, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, after we get the sort of the backstory of, like, Peacekeeper 1 knew that killing Bruce Wayne meant, meant that he'd kill Batman as well. And so that's right. interesting. So who is Peacekeeper 1? That's a mystery. And it may be Dark Detective, because we're dealing so specifically with Peacekeeper 1. This might be the book that does it by the time we're right. at issue 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reveal who it is but yeah so we see him in present day living with this old man i was say living with he's renting out the basement <laughs> because right. it's one of the few places in the city that doesn't require like yeah like eye scans and he's, like he's IDs. an incredibly paranoid off the grid trapper and it's like yeah doing this old school so batman's living out of this basement uh and doing his best to try and keep things going uh and he tries to investigate this, uh, is it, is it one of their bases, the magistrate's like office or plan or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will admit, I, I, this isn't as bad as the Zero Year example, but there is an example here of him referring to a, an event by using the, the comic book title of the Joker War. Right. Uh, this one is not as much of a stretch, but I did it did make me pause for a second and go, okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, I could understand him, Bruce, referring it to that, right? Hmm. Because to him, that's what it was. Uh, but like hearing that from the, like if this was on like a newscast or something, would have been like a little bit different. Uh, I mean, don't get me um, wrong. There's definitely titles and comic book events that can work as an in-universe name for mm-hmm. something that does 
feel natural. But some of them, right. the one that always sticks out is Gordon saying, oh, that was in the zero year, you know, after yeah. the zero year. I was like, shut up. No, that's what I'm talking about. Something <laughs> like that where it just feels forced. Here, coming from Bruce, it's like, oh, it hasn't been since the Joker War. Yeah. You know, Where, whereas, you, you know, in Green Lantern there. was a prophecy for the Blackest Night. Them referring to that night right. as the Blackest Night makes sense. Like, right. you know, so. I feel like, you know, have not a few different books been doing this already? Calling, the, you know, referring to the Joker War? Because this didn't stick out to me in this one. I honestly, I don't, I don't pay attention that close I, enough. I don't know. To yeah. remember. Okay. But I do know, I know what, what Pete's talking about here, because it, it, I thought the same. Kind of going like, oh, okay, this, this is a little bit weird. No, I get yeah. it. I get the concept of it. I've definitely felt that with, with different ones, but I think I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it three or four times before this already, so I guess I've adjusted. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's... I, th I think that I enjoyed this part. I, I don't know if I enjoyed it more or less than the first part. I think, on the one hand, I like that I have more of a footing in what the story is, and... They are still phenomenal, and it's, it's sort of clearly setting things up. Um, and it's very much defined all by kind of like getting to whoever's leading the magistrate, who is Peacekeeper 1, all that stuff. So I feel more kind of in tune with what the story's doing this time. Uh, I think it's because I'm, I'm interested in the mystery of, the, uh, uh, of the, the answers, but I feel like I'm not that interested in the actual story that it's telling to get there, if that, that makes sense. No, I mean, it, it's fine. I, I did see some pushback against this, saying that it wasn't nearly as good as the first issue. But, I mean, this is part two out of a four-part story, so I feel like sometimes in the middle you have to kind of... I don't want to say kill time, but there are going to be spots to breathe. So... Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was killing time so much as that it's just a more normal, yeah. straightforward telling of what's yeah. going on. And it, that, that inherently is less flashy than what the first issue did. Uh, right. I think so, uh, mm. but I, I got some chuckles out of the the you know Bruce kind of at the end being like you know what yeah he's right the old crazy man is right they're everywhere right because you see the old crazy man break his other TV right yeah yeah is like you, if you got a TV down there you have to get destroy it they're watching us yep. they're everywhere yeah yep. uh, so that's a fun with that uh, I, think, I think this issue would be it, you know it's like elevated significantly by the art or at least you know this story I, mm -hmm. I should say. Um, yeah, you know, like there are moments like uh, after Bruce is pulling himself out of the water, and uh, you know he's slumping down against the, the the wall, and you've just got like four, you know, three or four panels, whatever it is, and he's you know he's, he's just sinking down further and further in each one. Mm -hmm. uh, just you know the the sequential nature of that it, it's just you know really effective, and you know mostly in silhouette as well, but with these you know bright colors of the city. Yeah, you know, mo moments like that where it feels like it's it's a pretty standard typical beat, but I think it's sold by the art team yeah yeah um that's pretty much it i really i, I think the art's saying the biggest selling point uh at this moment um i i do i do like tamaki's voice for bruce so i'm kind of excited to mm -hmm. see uh what we do with this once we're back in the uh the, the ongoing story but um all right well we've been rating these stories individually since they are full-size stories yeah. as well as full so uh, what are you giving this one matt uh 7.5 Connor? Uh, it's just a straight seven from me. Mm. I think they are enough for me to go, go to the eight, so there you go. There you go. Uh, so the second story is a Red Hood story uh, told by Joshua Wilmson, uh, with the artist previously mentioned. Uh, so, do you know what? I, I'm kind of annoyed at how much I kind of like this. 
Uh, I like the story. I'm not a fan of the art. I'm a big fan of the art in some pages, and I think I, I, okay, yeah, I really the, like this artist from other works I've seen him do. They are here. See when it's action. See the first few pages where he's on the bike yeah. and it's all the highway speed shit stuff. I think that art's great in those scenes. I think once it gets to faces talking to each other, I'm not as super into it. It becomes very cartoony, like cartoon strip. Like I that's, felt like I was looking at Tintin. That's weird. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of the the opposite in some. I actually I think the the first few pages of action are pretty good. Uh, I actually really like the faces. It's it's a very uh, manga influenced style for sure. Um, yeah, and so I that's not one of the things that. But, I, there are there are I'm points in in, you know? in the action other bits. There's a bit on the bike later where the bike feels like really stretched out to me, like it, and not in the the you know in, in a good way. Just it feels a little bit off proportionally to what it already was set up to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that, where I felt like the action's actually some of the the weaker point. The more the the text, you know, the the you know the soft sci-fi elements, I suppose, you know, with the the future-looking tech. Those those are the weaker elements of the issue to me. Yeah. Uh, they they have given Red Hood uh, a very Akira esque uh, bike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had noticed. Um, but I, I do like the story that, of course, Jason's the one that doesn't line up with Bruce. Like he kind of turns on the other masks, but he brings them in alive. And you know, here continuing the the Tom Taylor. Honestly, yeah, th- th- this is the thing that sort of won me over. I mean, I was I thought it was well told enough yeah. before this point, but I think when Rose yeah. shows up, and I'm like, oh, we're continuing this idea that that Jason that, that, and Rose, yeah. can and, and it makes gonna sense. bring this into some sort of continuity. I mean, I know this is the the not really this is the potential future, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring this back into yeah. present day and kind of start yeah. seeding this relationship from there. Right, and because again, it makes sense, you know. Right, um, and and Williamson is doing the Robin. you know Red Hood story right in mm-hmm. in the uh, in the anthology one. Mm-hmm. So we'll maybe yeah. see how it starts because obviously here they clearly have a, a history where it's not a relationship relationship, but it seems to be a very weird thing where she like I mean she's even mad at him like he just ran off this morning yeah. without saying anything. It's clearly something right. they're they're both like. I'll admit the ending did leave me a little. Uh, I don't want to say confused. Okay, so they're hunting after uh, someone who's got a classic Red Hood style outfit on, mm-hmm. and Jason's want to do it on his own. Uh, Rose shows up and kills him. Cuts him in half with the sword. Cuts him in half with the sword, and he's like, "What are you doing? I wasn't going to kill him for a start. Uh, I'm pr- I was pretty sure he was being controlled, and it, it turns out that the Red Hood yeah. has Mad Hatter tech inside it." Yep. Uh, which was a neat little twist. That was okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. We're bringing Mad Hatter out of the story. So they yep. go after where they think Mad Hatter is. Um, I wasn't sure I understood the ending exactly because it sounds like the magistrates now after Jason when they seem mm-hmm. to be happy to work with them earlier on the issue. No, no, that's exactly what's happened, and we don't know why right now. That's, okay. I think that's the point because so, all of a sudden, someone burned him. Yeah. Yeah. Someone all of a burned him. Un- unlawful heroics rather than you know sanctioning. Right. Okay, all right. I, just, I wasn't yeah. super clear about why they suddenly wanted to kill him, but um, yeah. Oh, on that though, I actually thought this was a decent enough time. I, no, I, think yeah, the fact, I... I think the fact that Jason kept his mouth shut for a lot of the issue <laughs> was probably quite helpful. I, I really like the uh, the lettering on that very final panel uh, with Jason mm-hmm. swearing a little bit at the, at the reaction exactly. to seeing this. Yeah, but I really like, it's not just the you know the standard symbols that you see. It's got an extra like background to it with like a black light star like a background. black starburst yeah yeah 
and then that on top of that still inside the regular uh, word balloon. I think that's a really neat touch to give it like an extra dimension because you've got you know like, white on emphasis. black on white instead of the you know just the mm -hmm. usual black on white. Mm -hmm. um, it really pops because of that and makes it, it makes it feel like no, he really really reacted to that moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's uh, surprisingly decent and made the, the issue as a whole feel like it was a nice package overall, I think. Uh, it's yeah. one of the most consistent, well, uh, one of the most consistently good uh, oversized issues of Future State so far. Yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, the triples have had quite that privilege, but I mean, so it's easier when you've yeah. got two, but it is nice. Yeah, but I mean, not, not every time you, you know, not all stories even have one good in the doubles. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, what were you reading the, the this Red Hood story? Um, I'm gonna give this one a seven just mainly because the art, because the art's fine, but again, like I said, it's very Tintin esque sometimes mm -hmm. with with the faces where they're almost so basic that it's just kind of two eyes and nose and a mouth. I mean, hell, there was. You know? I have to agree that there was a couple of panels where yeah. their their eyes and mouth were basically just lines, like just a single line yeah. for each eye and a single line for the mouth. I, but. But the breakdowns are, are really good and the energy's there. So, like, I don't want to yeah. say that the that's, art's bad. That's good it's, it's just not my thing. It's good. There's a good you know? flow. Like I say, the action scenes, I think, have really good flow. So, I, I, think, was, yeah. I, I was enjoying it mostly. What, what's important to note about the faces is while they're, the detail is stripped way back compared to, you know, I mean, hell, Dan Moore in the first half of this issue, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the detail is stripped way back, but the expression and the point of what they're saying with their face you know what, what, they're, what they're doing is as always clear even even if it is just down to a couple of lines you can always read the face and know exactly what look they're supposed to be giving so i think it completely succeeds and fits within its style now whether or not you feel like that is just i think that at that point it's just taste rather than being bad because i think mm -hmm. it, it succeeds in what it's doing uh, it's just whether or not you like that yeah um yeah it's a still taste thing for sure uh did you read it Connor? Uh, no, I'm going to give this a... I'll give this a 7.5. I think I like this more in the first half. Yeah, uh, I... I probably landed a 7.5 as well. I probably like the first half a bit more, but it's actually kind of shocking that the Red Hood backup was able to get this close to it for me, so... Uh, fair play to Williamson. Maybe it shows that the right people writing Jason. Uh, yeah. Although, to be fair, I think having Ravager there as a character that I like more is a sort of an equal sort of second uh, half is a really good thing oh. for it. I think for the last 10 years, really since, um, not Rebirth, the one before it, New 52, <laughs> there's only kind of one person writing Jason, and it's someone that we didn't enjoy. So the fact now that we're getting different takes on him, and like just mm -hmm. over the last three months, that right, probably we've helps. Had Johns, yeah. We've had, you know, Taylor, and we've had, now we have Williamson. So, I I, hey, you know. I think it helps that Ravager. She's kind of a character that fits alongside Jason, who's also likable. Whereas I think some of the other characters, I mean, admittedly, again, yeah. the, the writer being someone we don't like is maybe the biggest factor. But well, mm -hmm. I like Bizarro when he's used correctly. I don't know if I necessarily want Bizarro right. running around with Jason Todd. It just doesn't feel yeah. like a nice fit to me. So, uh, whereas, no, whereas yeah, you're, she, you're right. Yeah, but she feels like no, she's a, the perfect foil to like call him on his bullshit and like be an equal mm -hmm. uh, kind of like. Antagonist, you know, anti-hero type role, but with a bit more likability than like, he does. I think they have a good yeah. bounce off each other. Like, um, with, you know, because obviously up until now this relationship was a, a, a Taylor relationship. And obviously, we're seeing Williamson mm -hmm. to this take on it. There's the bit where they, they go into you know the the Hatter's lair, and I think she you know 
Because, you know, Toto came went on Cannes Cinema, and he's like, yeah, wrong movie. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, well, you know, there's a good, good back and forth between them. Yeah, well, well Emerson's recognising greatness from the master and making sure that he's taking from the best. That's right. <laughs> I mean, DC pulling elements from non-continuity books into the main line. This is kind of... Yeah, and who have they done it brand. from? And who have they done it from before? They've done it from an Alan Moore book. They've done it from Frank Miller book. And now they'll do it from Tom Taylor. Yeah, he's not wrong. I want to argue, but I can't. And Mark Wade, so I Mark Wade there as well. The point being, he's joining a list of special names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, like, if I had to build the Outsiders from the start, right, and give it a new vibe, mm-hmm. I definitely would lead with with Jason Todd and Ravager. You know, because they make are a solid Outsiders team on the outside of what that is. You know, and we have Batman and the Outsiders versus you know, like the Nightwing Judd Winnick team from. Way, mm-hmm. way back. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of post-Titans, you know, outsiders. But, like, if you were building from the ground up, th- these two would, I think, would be real good. It would kind of be what Unkillables was, right? Like, and that's, why, that's you, why I liked it so much. And I think you put Kate Man in that team and you finally give him his, like, anti-hero redemption. Yeah. With these characters. You give him the Catman Secret Six vibe. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I someone don't think that, I can ever fixer. look at Kite Man the same way after the Harley well, Quinn show, you know? No, but like at the same time, because he's even more of an antihero. That took the joke from the Tom King Batman and turned him into an actual character. And now I'm like, no, that is Kitman's character now. So I think anything that that this, you know, in the comics does now kind of needs to follow that established character now. Yeah. I mean, it's not Bane wanting his chair, which I I would love (laughs) to see in the comics just once, you know, but yeah. So cool. What's next? We have to uh, read the book. rating on this, yeah. Yeah. Read the whole book, Matt. <laughs> oh, I thought I already my it. It was a seven. No, you rated the story a seven. Oh, the whole book. Yeah. Shoot. Seven, seven, five. Oh. I'll stick with the seven. <laughs> You'd think after 230-ish issues, but it would trust me to Episodes. host. Episodes. No. Look, the, my point remained. <laughs> that, that, that I really learned a lot from my grandma, home. but one of them was never trust the Scotsman. That's something uh, I learned. So there you, Connor. Yeah. Oh, you read the whole book. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a seven. Uh, I will give it a. I mean, uh, I'll give it a seven point five overall, which is the lowest score I gave. So, uh, you're at least getting seven point five of quality in this book, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, happy days, happy days. All right. Now we can move on to what's next, Matt. There we go. All right. Future State, Superman versus Imperious Lex, issue one. Mark Russell writing with Steve Pugh on the art. So uh, this is uh, not as distantly in the future, I don't think, because this mm. is before Superman's gone. It, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, Lois is still knocking around. They mentioned... Mm-hmm. They mentioned this being formed about 20 years ago. I mean, judging by Lois's age, I mean, it, it can only really be 30 or 40 years at most after yeah. current and, continuity, and right? And so this is where I think it becomes pro- problematic with the timeline that they set out there because really this doesn't feel like it has any connection other than what Mark Russell wanted to tell, the story, right? And so I just feel like this is a future state. That's why it's called Imperious Lex. It's not Superman or action or whatever, you know? So 
I wouldn't get too hung up on the timeline. It, it, it just... essentially feels like a different future state to a lot of the other yeah. books that we've had. And there's a couple that also fit in that category where it feels like it's a separate thing. And that's right. okay. That's not. I'm not really going to hold that against it too much. No, and I mean, because I mean, depending on how much of the sticks, right? Like Mark Russell's not lined up on a Superman book after this, so I'm pretty no. sure the story will be pretty self-contained. I mean, yeah, this is basically just a three-issue mini about Superman and Lex. That right. You oh, is this the is this the three-issue? This is the three-issue one. This is the one that's not going to end until March when every other book's out. Yeah, and I think it's right <laughs> at the end of March as well. That yeah. it comes and you know out. what though. I do like it, and it doesn't even have to be a future state. This is like a almost like a what if future on the dangers of of you know uh, how do I want to put this delicately? Imperialism. Uh, just yeah, there we go. Imperialism, colonialism, and yeah, you know. Uh, and I can't think of two characters better to do that than than Superman and Lex. I like, mean, the the, the point I where Lex dynamic. is stealing from all the other planets so he can showcase basically giant museums and 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 set pieces is like. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's uh, imperialism one hundred and one. Well, right to there. explain the explain the context here of the issue, uh, we're in the near future where the United Planets have a headquarters on Earth. Uh, we've got a guardian running a meeting with all the various heads of mm-hmm. all the representatives of all the various worlds and states, right. uh, and they're arguing about uh, Lex Luthor, who wants to join. He's, he he now rules a planet nice. called Lexor because of course he does, and Superman shows up to explain. Uh, why he thinks Lex now wants to join uh, the United Planets when he didn't before. And he tells a story that Lex was basically using giant robots that look kind of like World of Worlds, but ro- more robotic. And yeah. he was going around and just pillaging other planets for their resources and their riches and using that to make his planet rich so that all of his people loved him because he was giving them this great standard of living. Um, right. So, uh, and of course, Superman went in to put a stop to it and you know burned his factory building the robots he, to the ground he noticed <laughs> superman noticed that these these big lex robots you know snake centipede things actually look kind of scared <laughs> right like mm-hmm. when superman was dealing with them and so he deactivated them and stored them on on the moon you know there so lex can't use them and in doing so took away basically the, the one way that lexor could and support itself on Lexorsman, yeah. might I add, not on Earthman. Yeah, on Lexorsman. Right. And uh, which uh, can I just say, of course, Lex picked a planet that's orbiting a red sun. Of course, he did. Yeah. Oh yeah, he obviously did. Right. That and then, like, <laughs> I like that the United Planets were like, "Oh, we're finally rid of Lex." Like, even even they all understand how big of an a hole he is, right? Yeah. And so they're all ready just to deny. And Lois kind of is like, "Well, let's listen to to Clark." And at the end of Clark's story, he's kind of like, well, no, like, yeah, Lex is a problem, but the people on his planet, it's not their fault he's such a jerk. Yeah. So, and like, let's... That's kind of the interesting thing, is that he mentions when he tries to tell the population of the planet that all of the reason why they have all these riches is because of them stealing from everyone else. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about this. They, they see offense, like, no, we have to feel guilty that we've been living so well. And but again, it's not their fault. Lex has done this to them, so he's oh, basically saying oh, right. all, all these people on this planet, we can't just abandon them, and because because this planet's going to go down the toilet, right? I mean, Lois makes an interesting point, which says, you know, at at worst, you know, or at best, they're they're gullible and have been you know duped by Lex, mm-hmm. but at worst, they're willing accomplices. Uh, so I think that's I, something I, to, to consider. And after after the year that I've had here, um, that that line really. 
really struck home. Mm. Yeah, you know? but I mean, it speaks to Superman that he wants to believe that they can of be course. better, that he that they aren't culpable, you know, to, to the full is, extent. Right, and this is why I love Superman as a character, right? Like, yeah. because he, even though this whole planet's been told how, probably how terrible the Kryptonian was and how he ruined Lexa's life and stuff, and, you know, he's still giving them a shot. Because, again, it's not their fault. And so... I just, I love that. I love that he, he, his powers are draining under the red sun, but he still manages to, to get out of there after destroying their main factory. Yeah, my favorite, know, my I'm favorite, sure... my favorite thing about the planet is the propaganda where the news reports yeah. are saying, in other news, the market uh, is like, yeah. you know, for the 10th straight year, everything's projected yeah. to go up again. Everything's good. And there's, there's like just yeah. the, the, this pro fascist, like, everything's perfect yeah. and hunky dory because I'm the best leader ever. Uh, Lex is actually very self-aware though because when he's talking to his robot butler dude he mentions that as soon as he runs out of things to give the people uh, like the fear that he has over them will turn to like they'll fear they'll fear him they'll fear living under him more than they fear his like wrath and that's when it becomes a problem so he's he's very self-aware he refers to himself as a dictator right? he does yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing he says if you ever see what happens to a dictator when the candy runs out like that's that's, I think that's the line he uses Uh, so he, he knows quite well what he is Mm-hmm. Um, so he's self-aware at least, but uh, yeah, yeah. So Superman I mean, asks asks Lois to object and say no. We should consider letting them in. And at the end of the issue, she love... she does. She doesn't, she's not happy yeah. about it. She she feels very conflicted no. about doing so, but she does it. I also love that you can tell Mark Russell's like I don't want to say contempt, but like how stuff is governed and how like okay, well we'll we'll talk about it. And we'll we'll have an hour break to really think about it, you know. <laughs> There's the bit and, where like it's it's the mandatory hour. This is procedure. It's like yes. look, we'll go away for an hour. We'll think about it, and then we'll come back and vote that he won't won't join. <laughs> right. like, there's no real debate. No, no. one's changing. And their then mind. the same it's thing just... here, which then Superman took really advantage of because that's when he talks to Lois about now you know objecting because you know I just I also love the sand guy in the back. Who's like, yeah, let's bury them all in sand. Yeah, jar, yeah, that that cracked me up. There's a, there's a couple of little pretty, good jokes funny. in there. So like, if if you read this and you you know are looking for other stuff to read, this is very much the same tone as his Flintstones, uh, with the same artist even with Pew. So I was getting a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of vibes there because there's a lot of societal things that he's he's breaking down through the comic mediums. Pretty much um, what I expect from Russell at this point. Yeah, I mean, although some of his other stuff at this point was more superhero and less, you know, it was a little more coded than this, is where it's much more in the front like that, mm-hmm. you know, because like Wonder Twins was still a superhero story that was getting on about, you know, societal was, problems. I, I think, you know, it, it was never, yeah. it was barely subtext, if you could even call it right. subtext in that book. Right, but that's what I mean. So if you think that was subtext, then this is way more upfront. And he's this not even is, trying to hide it. Yeah, this is borderline super text. Right, exactly. So, but yeah, so if you did, I mean, and, and the art is just as good as the stuff that, that Pew did in, in the Flintstones. Like, you know, everything to me looks as, as it should. I like the alien designs too. You know, they feel just enough. Uh, alien, one... almost kind of Star Trek aliens. We're like, yeah, they're kind of human, but well, except, alien enough. Well, except one who's just a dog, basically. He's a humanoid right. dog. Mm-hmm. 
That's one of them. But, the dog alien. Uh, now, the ending is that, uh, okay, since you're arguing that they should join for this reason, uh, it means that Earth is now its sponsor. And Lois, you're now the representative to Lexar. So uh, that kind of sets up where uh, we'll be going next issue. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely different from the other future state books, right down to the fact that it has just a different tone where it's not doing the same mm-hmm. thing. It's just being its own quirky... I mean, maybe quirky yep. is not the right word, but it, it definitely has a sense of humor that is very different from the rest of the future mm-hmm. state books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I, I guess like, you just need to keep that in mind if you're considering reading it, that it is kind of its own yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. If, you, if you've never read Mark Russell before, it, you might have to adjust. But if you've, you know, if you've read a lot of his work, then you know kind of what you're getting into. Like... He is all like, I read the Thanagarian as he's yelling everything, even though I have no vibe elsewhere, just based off mm-hmm. of the art. He looks like he's very much into to diplomacy and whatnot. So, you know, he, he is always drawn like, you know, hands up, mouth uh-huh. wide open, you know, whenever he's yeah. talking, uh, you know, he's very intense. He, he is. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that goes to the kind of sense of humor that Pete's talking about, where it is almost like a, a, uh, so what I'm looking for satire. Yeah, of, there's definitely satire of, in here. Of, of politics and whatnot. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. What are you giving this issue then, Matt? I'm gonna give us an eight point five. I really, really liked it. Connor, I'm gonna give it a six point five. I like it, but I do think. Oh, well, no, perfectly fine score. I like it, but I do think that the the message and the point does overtake the actual story a little bit where I, I was no longer reading the story. I was reading the, the analogy, you know, what it was saying. Um, and I, and I want to think about that. I want that to be there, but I don't want it to be what I'm reading. I'm actually closer to your score than I am, Matt. So I, I just chuckled because oh. it was such a, a stark difference from the 8.5 to all the way down to 6.5, but I don't really feel like anything you said up until now had really prepared me for such a difference. But- I, I don't, 6.5 is a fine score. It's not a bad book. It's yeah, yeah, I'm going with a 7. I, I think it's uh, I think it's fine. I, I definitely chuckled a few times. I kind of like some of the things it's doing with Lex. It's one of those things, though, where it feels so out there that Lex is now running his own planet that there's just this kind of a... almost a goo- I mean, obviously, there's nothing wrong with an Elseworld, but it feels almost just like a goofy Elseworld to me. Uh, so, it's fine. It's a fun little exploration, but it's... I don't know. It's, it's not... It's not hit me in a way that I feel like, oh, this is a do, special story. Do you, do you know what I think the problem is? Mm-hmm. The comics already did President Lex. Like, mm-hmm. years ago at this oh, point. Thanks for Matt. And now, obviously, after the past four years, <laughs> how, how, how do you pop that? You can't go back and do President Lex again. We already did that. And, and you, you know, so what do you do? Well, give him a planet. Just give him a whole planet. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. the only logical next step. Yep. There you go. So hey, that's uh, Superman Imperi- versus Imperious Lex. Uh, as Matt rubs his hands right next to the mic. That was a wonderful sound effect. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed that at home. Let's move on. To Future State, Aquaman, issue one. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I'm skipping one. Future State, Batman, Superman, issue one. Jun Lin Yang writing with Ben Oliver uh, on the art. And I gave a nice little pause there for David, who edits these and splits them up for the other YouTube channel. I uh, was nice there and gave him a pause, so it was clean. I, I like the fact that you could have just carried on and just come back around, but but no. No, 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 no. Uh, we, we must do an order I've decreed. It is law. It is, it is written, therefore it shall be done. Uh, so this is... 
uh i guess kind of a first taste of the batman superman uh mm-hmm. ongoing uh, when it returns even though this doesn't feel like it's anything like what's been teased for for that first issue back so more just seeing how he handles the the pairing well, yeah yeah and and did you guys read his superman back before rebirth or was he on action i, I, I did it was superman i think he was on yeah Fine. yeah yeah, it was. I, I liked it. I felt like uh, you know, rebirth kind of came through and derailed whatever he was doing, but he still took it in stride. And um, so I don't think I've ever read him write Batman before because he's done uh, six and yeah, this new might Superman. be this might be a first uh, for so, that. So that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So this is again, this is not set as far in the future. As some of the other future state stuff. This is Batman and Superman are still operating uh, as Bruce and Clark, and. Oh. Batman is discovering, uh, well, I say Batman. Superman's more than discovers it. Uh, ba- Batman's already dealing with stuff. Because uh, there's a little tease at the start. That he, I actually kind of love this. That there's a, a an infestation of rats that all have heat vision. So he's like dodging like all these blasts yep. of heat vision from rats. This is kind of the silly stuff that I love from Yang. We'll just he'll throw yep. in something so fun like that. Uh, but Superman, traditional sort of Superman scene where he actually saves a kid who's trying to commit suicide. He he jumps down and stops the train because the kid jumps out of the monorail. And I think, you know, Yang's handling of Superman's, like, voice is, is good here. You know, it's when he says, there. you know, he says, uh, I hear him let out a sigh, not of disappointment, but of relief. They're almost always relieved. Uh, you know, that's a very mm-hmm. uh, poignant little statement. But it turns out this kid, the reason why he, he wants to kill himself is because he, he took this, this weird designer drug that alters how your face looks for a prank. But the side effects, so he, he wanted to, I guess, like a ram head... Um, yep. for his but, school mascot yeah yeah but ever since he took it whenever he like starts to feel like emotions or feel embarrassed or something he actually starts to grow the horns again so now he thinks of himself as a freak uh superman takes him to star labs and discovers that it seems to be coming surprise surprise uh <laughs> from gotham yeah right. Uh, Never so, heard that before. I know. So that leads him to Gotham, and he shows up and talks to. Him. And this is right when the magistrate's starting to come into power because Batman's like, "Hey, you can't just show up unannounced. Like them seeing you here is going to cause a lot of problems." Mm-hmm. Uh, so it becomes them, and we actually see that there's like regular like street thugs that are taking this drug. So we see like you know like a bird head and like a mouse head and <laughs> all sorts uh, down below, and we get more of those. Uh, the Ed Toe Nine. I mean, it'll look at like Ed Toe Nine, but they're just Ed Toe Nine in function. Uh, yeah. These robots to show up, but essentially they look into this drug. The one of the girls down below that's using this to like attack the 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 uh, the drones and stuff. Uh, she's doing this because her father went missing and he was at a lecture at the at the university, and yeah. he actually turns out to be someone who's behind some of this stuff uh, at at the hospital when they go and look into it. Um. They find more people using this drug to have like more extreme mutations, where they're they've got like arms as well as their heads, uh, being all monstrous. And I do kind of like the idea of the mastermind behind all this being Mister Toad, and he's the head of the False Face Society. Yeah, well, False Face. So I just had to look that up real quick. Connor he's... hates this. Uh, he's been so Why? quiet. I, I don't oh. hate it. I just. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you gush about it and then i'll get to my problem i don't want i didn't want well, to just, i don't want to derail the flow i'm not so, i'm not so much gushing like, I, I like this quite a bit i think this is a fun issue i don't know how yeah, do you feel I was, that? I was a little bit disappointed just because it's yang superman batman and it's, again this didn't feel much like future state like but not in the same way that the mark russell one did this just feels like this could have been a batman superman issue and then they threw the magistrate in there 
you know like yeah that's a fair statement i, I, I guess know. if yeah it feels maybe it'll be more relevant as it goes as we get to issue issue two uh, maybe mm-hmm. there'll be more of a reason why it ha- the magistrate part of it's important um but no you're right this could just be a next issue about man superman and there'd be I no it's yeah. possible it was kind of written as that originally like maybe maybe they you know he, he was taking over the book and then it was oh hey future states come in could you yeah retool those first couple of issues into this and that's why mm. it's so close to the start perhaps i mean that's yeah. not unfeasible i actually kind of like the false face stuff though uh as a yeah, concept so false face is usually identified with black mask which i thought you know this is a nice new take on what, what that is i don't know mm. if he's related to this but you got excited over mr toad and i didn't remember him at all so i i googled him and apparently mr toad used to run with professor pig um as, as sounds about character? right yeah so like i didn't remember that i all. am down for a team of villains that have all got animal themed things oh, you mean but, like the terrible trio yeah but like specifically where they all have titles so it's it's you know it's professor pig mr uh-huh. toad you know dr uh vulture i don't know potato pick like <laughs> like they all have proper titles gotcha. i'm into i'm into that as a, as a concept uh what can I say? Yeah. I'm a man of simple uh, loves. But uh, we do. there's a tease that this, this Dr. Toad is actually excited about the idea of getting his hands on Superman. And the big mm-hmm. cliffhangers at the end is that Superman's talking him down. Uh, he pulls out a kryptonite dagger and stabs Superman in the uh, yeah. the abdomen. So, um, I mean, I had fun with this issue. I, I, I think it's... Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm in the minority here. I, I probably enjoyed this a little bit more than Imperious Lex. But, I mean, maybe I'm just... No, it's it's just it's fine. Like I definitely on a busier week, I think I would have been more upset. <laughs> that, you know, because it's uh, it, that was again, last it, week, Matt. That's fine. We're... <laughs> no, I know. So, um, but like again, I think the art's really good. I like Ben Oliver's designs for all the characters. Like it looks great. You know, mm-hmm. so if this is a taste of what Batman Superman's going to be like, you know, in Infinite Frontier, great. I mean, it's a good sign. So, but yeah, I think I just went into this with a little bit high expectations because of the creative team, and it was yeah, it's just it's good. I, I had kind of like a muted expectation across the board this week for I, I would say that's the Strange Adventures because that was like you know separate, but yeah. Future State wise, for some reason I was kind of in like a like oh it's yeah. the final week, None of, all the big ones have kind of came and went. This is kind of the week of the uh, leftovers. I, I, I tweeted the same where I, was, I had no enthusiasm for any of the books this week, and not that I expected all of them to be bad or anything, like because. Yeah, I didn't really have strong expectations of anything, but I was just like, eh, yeah, none of them were jumping at me. I was like, oh, I really want to read this one. It was just like, it, it, across the board, it was like, yeah, I guess I'll read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to this one specifically, my problems. Um, first off, I think the art is fantastic. I will, you know, double down on that. I think it's great. Best part of the issue by far for me. I'm not a fan of Yang's voices for them. I think the inner monologue voices, I actually think are really solid. But the dialogue, I kind of don't like. Uh, there like, was you know, like there was one line of dialogue. Now you brought it up. There's one line from Batman that felt a bit odd to me, where he says uh, something about selling drugs for ten dollars a pop, and I thought that was a weird line to come out of Batman's there's, mouth. There's a few, just like when, when <laughs> Superman first shows up there, he's like, "Hey, Batman, it's been a while," and he's like, "What are you doing? Get inside the Batwing now!" And I'm like, "All this, this dialogue just doesn't, it doesn't feel natural for this pair," uh, and. That's kind of a problem when they're the pair of the book. You know, it's their book, yeah. and 
I think in, individually, I think he has a handle on them. Like, like I said, I think the inner monologue stuff, uh, all that Superman stuff at the start, you know, the, the relief um, is really good. Uh, we get some of Batman's uh, inner monologue towards the end. I don't think there's anything standout in that, but I think it's perfectly solid. But there are multiple times with the dialogue where I just felt like this just feels off, like you know, and it's kind of bugging me throughout. And that that's kind of what took me out of the book. I think you know the idea of it is fine, the art's really good, but just too often there was a line of dialogue that just sounded off and took me out of it and kind of ruined my enjoyment of of a lot of the book, unfortunately. Fair enough. I can't, I mean, I don't really feel that way. I had, there was one or two odd lines of dialogue, like, but it wasn't anything like that for me where was, it was like was, constantly overbearing. There was like one where when the, when the three thugs with the, you know, the, the face change run away, mm-hmm. um, Superman just stands and goes, some people do need masks, especially in Gotham. You're right, Bruce. I'm like, this, this feels like a really forced, weird conclusion to come to now. Like after you were talking about like just a couple of, you know, set, you know, a couple of pages ago that, you know, he, he you know, he's, he's angry is where he's telling Bruce maybe he should give up his identity. But just things like that where it just, it just didn't sit right with me. Hmm. Well, hmm. lots of things don't sit right with Connor. Right, we're, we're all... uh, that's fair. Yeah. There, there wasn't a cross, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hear Connor's still looking for that cross to this day. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what are you reading Batman Superman? Matt? Uh, I'm going to give this a 6.5. All right, Carl. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five point five. And for the record, that cross was the beginning of the end of Tom King's Batman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will get. I guess a seven. I think. Um, yeah, uh, I, I've had a lot of, in the seventy strange uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's Batman Superman. Future State Aquaman issue one. Brandon Thomas writing, Daniel Sampier on the art. Um, and this is a, a Jackson story, but also an Andy story. Again, it's, it's, it's earlier than we, what we've seen of them in Justice League, where Andy's obviously a member yep. of the Justice League. It's a little bit earlier than that, uh, where Jackson's kind of been the, 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 the protective uncle. He's, he's sort of tasked yeah. with looking after her as she's doing her. And he calls it. Did, I did get a chocolate of him calling her Aqualass, and she's like, no, I'm Aquawoman. Yep. Don't call me Aqualass. It's, I was getting such Dick Grayson and Damien vibes after sure. their relationship. Okay. I can see it. You know? Just like he knows she hates but, it, but he's like, I'm not going to call you Andy in public. You're Aqualance. A little bit less murdery, but yeah. Sure, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... Uh, and no, and I, this is a nice art, you know, especially that first couple pages where he's fighting, like, the big sharks, and, you know, yeah. they are st- pr- pretty decent enough. The story gets a little, I don't know, murky as it goes. It gets a bit lost I, in the weeds. Yeah. Yeah, because I was not expecting the places it went to and like a like a ocean that connects worlds thing so yeah, that was a little bit steady early on when i thought okay jackson's been like held prisoner for a while by this evil mm-hmm. you know underwater empire whatever and the idea is that he knows that andy's coming to save him and it's like yeah he's like andy's got me like like you're screwed when she gets here like when it was kind of simple and like that i was like, okay this is a nice introduction to like how much of a badass andy is and her kind of maybe not quite full adult life yet, but this is maybe her, her teen titan phase kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is a nice little introduction. Oh, this is all right so far. Once I started getting to like, oh, the ocean that connects all the different realms in the multiverse, and I was like, oh, okay. And, and they're, <laughs> I guess we're they're hopping that. through different ones, and they're all ocean-based, and 
I think, you know, and and what what weirded me out as well is like I was like, okay, they got stuck on this world, and you know, he got taken right. prisoner, and she's coming to rescue. I'm still on board with all of this, and then there's the idea that they're like, oh my god, is she coming? Is she here? Like they know, like there's there's this legend of her. Like yeah, I'm like okay, now it's starting to lose me. I mean, like that's the end of the issue, but that's. Yeah. That's a bad place to lose someone. I, I'm okay with them like, underestimating and like Hearth coming up to save him. But we also have this weird thing where she cuts off her own leg so that like so Jackson will let go because one of the things yeah. protecting the, the the ocean that connects all the multiverses is this giant sea creature slash island. It, yeah, it reminded me of the creature in uh, New Frontier. Sure, you know? yeah. sure. It's it's presumably supposed to be their take on the you know the the giant turtle. Yes, because so, because right. that's clearly the the general shape of it. It's bit, and... Yeah, it's, it's a very horrific take on the on the giant turtle yeah. protector, um, which is you know a, a, a classic thing. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I, I do love whenever they whip out their the, you know they make swords out of water and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think all I really wanted from like an Aqua story, especially if we're dealing with uh with Andy, right? All I mm-hmm. really wanted was a solid introduction to what she's like, and I thought I felt like we got a nice bit of that in Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, it started off being like that but then kind of started going really weird with the concepts uh, to the point yeah. where i'm just kind of like yeah. okay i uh i will you know yeah, credit to, to the art the page where jackson breaks free mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh you know i think that is an absolutely gorgeous page well, with all the red and, and the chains flashing around oh it's so good yeah and for and for as weird as the story gets i like the message of it where as he's basically they're they're kind of lording over him that he's their prisoner and whatnot and then he, as he starts to break the chains, he realizes, like, oh, you guys only plan this for as much, as strong as you think I am. But I'm actually a lot stronger than that. And that's what initially gets him to, to you know, break free, knowing that, you know, Andy's coming. Like, I just, there, there's something about the relationship that I like there. You know, that, that's, he has to remember that's why he's there. It's almost like mm-hmm. to protect her. But it's going to be swapped. You know, because she's coming to save him, it seems. So yeah. there's just something about that that I, I really did like. And the fact, too, that she seems to have both of her parents' things. Like, she can communicate with, with the sharks. Well, more right? than that, because she corrects herself and says, I should right. control them out This is not control just communicating, them. this is controlling them. Right. Well, I, I got That's the impression it was it. instead of communicating. Yeah. Like, yeah. she can't just communicate and talk with them. No, she just, just pulls the control of them. And then too, she has the aqua or the water banding like her mom and Jackson, you know, yeah. which is which is real cool. I wonder, you know? yeah, I wonder if that's something we'll get elaborated. I I don't know when we'll get more Andy as you know in the future yeah. stories because it feels like there's a lot of potential to do stuff with her. Mm-hmm. Um, just I just uh, these were at the end of a lot of dishes, but there's a lot of like family two page spreads for Infinite Frontier and the Wonder Woman ones at yeah. the end of this, and it's just kind of nice to actually see you got Yara mm-hmm. there along with Donna and Nubia. It's, it's nice to have everyone mm-hmm. kind of you know. Uh, all yeah. the villains together um but anyway uh yeah so it's kind of a murky issue where i kind of like the characters in it but i don't necessarily like what the story ends up doing such a deep concept needed more time than two issues yeah this is yeah. just like a this is this is something you build up to this is like this what, is your 30 issue run concept yeah yeah this is what you build up to for your third trade of your aquaman run is this crazy idea yeah. uh but hey. well, I, can, I can see this being a fantastic follow-up idea to what we just had at like you know, the, the start of Kelly Sue's run with the mm-hmm. the mm. other place with all the gods. And building from that being, okay, there's not just all the sea gods 
there's a a multiverse of seas essentially right. linked. Which we like, kind of got with Drowned Earth. Or, 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 or maybe, weird. or maybe more so that okay, one realms the the sea gods, but there's like oh, we're also about the seven Multiple seas. Realms. So, so what if there's seven seas, right? Literally seven right. multiversal seas that connect all the multiverses. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But yeah I, no. I can but... see how this builds on what we've just had in Aquaman, but I, I feel like. You need time to do this. I think I think the reason why I said seven is because I'm thinking like in Thor how all the different realms you actually get to know them and learn them. So you know you, you know Jotunheim is mm-hmm. one and you don't understand you know, giants blah blah like Nidavellir and you can do yeah, some yeah. of that command where you've got seven realms, seven seas, and each I one felt, has its own thing. Well, yeah, and John's kind of was hitting on that with you know back in the fifty two. Well, that's never happening, which, Matt. So just I know. So <laughs> let someone else do it. You know, it's a good idea. As I'm trying to give you credit. Uh, I mean, to be fair. Well, thank you, to, thank you, Matt. Jones. I'll take the credit. To, to be fair to Johns, he's kind of okay with people picking up his ideas and running with them. Yeah. That's, you yeah. know, he, he's quite happy to just leave stuff there for people. I mean, the the ending of his Green Lantern, essentially, with mm-hmm. the, the book is like, eh, do what you want. T- take take some right. of these things or don't. Do whatever. Right. So, mm. so if someone wants to take no. it, then go for it. And I, and I also really enjoyed the art. And I don't know if it's just the coloring or the art itself, but everything's super vibrant and the art's real sharp. Yeah, like... Obviously, we see Sam Pier a lot, and uh, Ejana Lucas. I think that's a pretty common pairing for to be to be the colors uh, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, um, and and I think we always like Sam Pier. Yeah, uh, but I think this is probably the best work I've seen from. from I wasn't team. expecting it to look this great though, because like the stuff that we've seen has looked good, but I I really for me the art here was the standout versus yeah. you know. And story. I think it might be the colors that really sell because at the start, yeah. you know, you've got like a the bright natural earth colors, and then mm-hmm. it shifts to the greens, and then you've got the reds that come in, and you know, and then then you know the the deep red under you know the the fight stuff at the end. Uh, really doing a lot of the heavy lifting there, I think. Um, yeah. But ah, oh, is great. Yeah. But my favorite stuff was just like Jackson and Andy together at the early on yeah. when they were just training together or fighting simple things together. Uh. And I, I like the idea for coming to save him, but like it just it, it went so wonky. But the idea that there's a legend of her and that she was left for dead, but Aquaman lives. Like this has no meaning to me. It put a big sign saying Aquaman lives in the water. Like it just you've not built and, up to this enough for it to have any effect. Yeah, this is this is only six years because it, it tells us that at the start. It was six years ago was when they right. was when they flashed back to the the first bit on you know mm-hmm. on our Earth, I believe. So this is at most five or six years uh, since the. The, the uh, encounter with the with the turtle. So it's like that's not a long time for them to be this terrified that she's here. Mm-hmm. Um, so how busy has she been? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but but, but Marky, Matt, what are you giving Aquaman? Uh, I'm gonna give this a seven point five. Car. That felt very generous. I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah, I'm thinking six. I think the art and just liking the characters rises up a little bit. I do think the story gets a bit too murky and high concept for what it has time to tell. So, uh, yeah, but I'll give it a six. And, even, and I feel like I'm being slightly generous with the six, but I, I've got some goodwill for some of the stuff here. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, all right. Future State Suicide Squad issue one. Uh, this is one that has multiple stories. And I have to confess, I looked at the first couple of pages on Cognizology and went, you know what? I'm good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I also I read the preview pages. I got two. I got to the. I did the first page and then the, the second page is the double page spread with the credits. Uh-huh. Yes. And yeah, no, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, I uh, didn't even try. I'm not. <laughs> Wait, none of us read it. 
No. <laughs> 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 I like how we all kept this quiet for each other as well, guys. What yeah. else to talk about it? Because I, because well, because sometimes if I don't read something, then Magus and I it's quite funny. So I, I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I, I was say I said last week I wasn't this. Robbie Thompson, just nothing against him, just isn't my uh, to, to, to type be fair, writer. I do fully intend to try and issue one of the actual book. Right, I'll try to issue one of the actual. Yeah, book, is it Robbie Thompson? It is, mm-hmm. but it's on a quieter week and it's not double sized. So, you know. Yeah, but this wasn't double sized. If you just wanted to read the Robbie Thompson section. Well, true. Yeah, but we don't just. I mean, I, I would have read the whole thing if I was going to read it. I'd have read the whole thing. All right. Well, no one read Suicide Squad there. Apologies, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> well, well, only one person read this next book. So, thank everyone to patreon.com slash TV. Our patrons can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. And one such patron is making Connor read a new issue this week. Future State Legion of Superheroes issue one. Brian Michael Bendis with Riley Rosmo on art. Oh, baby. Take it away, this is, Connor. Um, one of the worst books I've read. <laughs> Not just this week, just in general. This is terrible. Uh, right, okay. First things, uh, what book was it? I think it was the, the Batgirl story. I complained that if you hadn't read other Future State things, you would mm-hmm. be confused. Uh, another big problem with this one um, is on that same line, all the Future State books have that opening text of like, mm-hmm. you know, the, this is this is what Future State is. This is the setup. Just put it in an alien language with no translation. <laughs> uh, to be fair, to be fair, I've never read that Future State box. No, but but that's because you're in the loop and know what Future State is. If you were, if you had just been reading Legion, uh, you know, you, you'd read the twelve issues okay. of Bendis' Legion, and you weren't reading in any of the other books. But your comic shop was like, "Hey, you're reading Legion. I'll give you the." I mean, you know, this the, is the issues of this, this is a miserable existence. That I'm just reading this Legion book, but you should right, go but, on. <laughs> it is feasible that there are people who maybe they tend to read Marvel books, but they love Bendis, so they follow just Bendis' work at DC, uh, and that's all they've read. So they, so this would be the first Future State they read, and yeah, that's a. a I just open up the preview pages on Comicsology, and you will see because it's the very first page is Planet Gotham, and then a bunch of alien text. That I get what people. you're saying, right? I get what you're saying, but I do think the percentage of people. Who, even if they don't typically read DC books and just read Legion, the idea of them not hearing from like comic news sites some vague ideas about what Future State is by the time Future State books actually start coming out is a little far fetched to me. Okay, what about the what about when by the time this gets collected in trades and they they just want to read Bendis's uh, you know Bendis's run on on Legion? That, no, that's more valid. In ten years' time, and someone's just going back and reading like the Bendis run on Legion and these two issues are thrown in, that's a fairer argument. But I find it hard to believe that anyone right now has stumbled onto this issue and I has no concept that Future State's a thing that's going on. For the amount of times that you agree that everyone's, you know, every issue could be someone's first, this is it, a horrific first issue for that concept. I would say that about all of Future State, really. I mean, I don't think Future State is geared towards anyone's first issue. I don't know, issue. because some of them are... Some of them are, you can read, almost like a mini. Like, I would say, like, yeah. Dark Detective... Maybe you know a reasonable amount. Like you could hand to yeah. anyone. Um, Catwoman last week. I, 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 I never would though. I, I think this stuff is all ingrained in this weird possible future stuff that I would never recommend any of this to a new reader. Any of it. 
I, I, I would wear Yara just, for Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's it's kind of a sub debate here, but in yeah. a way, the oh, fact oh, that yeah. this mm, is a, the fact okay. that this is such a bubble a bubble pocket makes it a, a, an ideal entry point to a lot of characters in that if if they're vaguely interested in something you know and you just want to give them a I'll flavor you, of what that character is i'll give you yara because that was genuinely like an introduction to that character but i don't think even yeah. the other books that i think were great I, one of the best issues we've read was catwoman i don't think catwoman is a good first issue to give someone to try catwoman on uh, i would say the superman the main story from superman uh, last week uh, is a wonderful uh, introduction to superman it kind of works. It kind of works because it's about the perception of who Superman is. Um, and the fact that he's on another planet in Warworld uh, doesn't really have anything to do with the larger scope of Future State, really, other than the fact that it's in the future. That's just where he yeah. is right now. Um, that kind of works. But I, I, but the, the point I'm getting at, though, is that like, the Catwoman issue was like at least a 9 out of 10. And I wouldn't re- recommend that to anyone as their first Catwoman issue. Not even close. I wouldn't say it's traditional Catwoman, but if someone was just interested in a Catwoman story and they were like, they like the look of it, I'd be like, yeah, you're safe to read that, no problem. But, I mean, I disagree, but I mean, whatever. Anyway, really matter. we're here to talk yeah, yeah. about Legion. I, I, what I was going to say was, I do remember at the end of Legion, you know, whatever it was last week, the week before, I can't remember at this point, was it said to be continued in, in Future State, which is just weird. Yeah, okay, because I've got like, no idea what the hell's going on. Right, it felt like such a, a capper that last uh, issue, and so I, I I know who some of these characters. Are. I'm not, you know, I haven't read Legion in years, and even then, I you know I barely dabbled. Mm-hmm. Who's Joe? That's uh, the guy from uh, that's Jonah Ultra Boy. Right. Okay. Because I didn't yeah. recognize mm-hmm. him from Rimboy. It, it never it never names him as Ultra Boy. Any at any point in the entire issue. There is one panel on the first page where someone calls him Joe, and that's it. I'm, I'm like, who is this guy? You, what, what's the you know? And then there's a whole like, you know, so he's meeting uh, Tasmia again. Not entirely sure. Uh, I think that's that's one of the. She's blue, right? She looks she like is, one of yeah. the. Yeah, she's a night. I think night girl. I'm not okay. quite. Doesn't tell me that either. But right. that okay. That's another thing I have. Did hot dog what? chum show up? One of my favorite things in in, <laughs> in Legion books that is pretty consistent across most Legion books is having the pop-up box when a new character is introduced mm-hmm. with, this is who this person is. Doesn't do that in this book. Not at all. Yeah, that's uh, a problem. So that's you know, a point against it. Uh, but anyways, I'll agree on that one. I, I think every book should have... Even when you're reading Superman, I think the first time Superman appears, you have a little box in Superman Clark Kent. Just, I'd actually be okay with that. It's easy. If that was just, just the established thing. Yeah, just the first time every character showed up in a book, unless it might have been mysterious, you're not meant to know yet. In which case, fair enough, because it's a might be a mystery. Just but... pop up a box and put question mark. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, but I think that's fine. Continue. Yeah. But yeah, so it doesn't that. But the, the book starts. We're on planet Gotham, mm-hmm. and we have Joe, uh, Ultra Boy, as you used to say, shows up to, to Tasmia, and there's some banner and she's like oh you know i know why you're here you know you think we need to get the legion back together and there's you know a couple of panels of silence and then it's like we need to get the legion back together it's our only hope and then there's a bit of a fight scene like between them i don't know entirely why she just gets angry so after everything that's happened you know i never would have come and they're fighting each other for reasons until saturn girl shows up and stops them (laughs) like again not entirely sure what's going on at any of this book. This 
is indigestible. Like it's just completely incomprehensible to someone coming from the outside. Because you got Saturn Girl, which credit they say they call her Saturn Girl in dialogue, and mm -hmm. then say Imra as well. So it can be done. See, you can do it two mm -hmm. pages later, Bendis. Uh, and Brainiac. Uh, well, where are they on now? They're on Brainiac Seven, apparently. Uh, he doesn't really have an actual body. He's got a big green head on top of. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a dog wolf thing, but it's like really stretched out, like really long. Um, so glad I didn't read this. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and I think, and and this body can like shape. It's like malleable putty. It can shape shift, so he can make it into a you know a humanoid body if he wants. But I guess he prefers the the canine form reasons mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah you know and there's just all this stuff going on i don't know what is going on so they're, they're trying to you know reform the legion and they got colossal boy here uh and they're like right yeah right, let's get together and then we cut away entirely to um chameleon boy you know he's the only you know the only one brave enough to stand up for us and there's like a like an inquiry going on. We're back on Daxum, um, which is home of what is left of the United Planets. So this is presumably a lot later than what we saw in Imperius Lex. A couple of weeks, yeah. <laughs> but um, again, this uh, I'm just moving on from just dying comments. But you did, <laughs> it was a mildly humorous line. That's all. The uh, the alien text continues. This this just pops up every so often. Like, I'm sure someone on Reddit will translate it, and maybe it means entirely something else. But like here, it says Daxum, you know, home of what's left of the United Planets, and then mm -hmm. it has the alien text next to it. So I'm assuming it's just a translation of that. But there are a couple of times in this issue, like that first page where it doesn't have that at all, and it's very, very confusing because I don't know am I supposed to be knowing what this is. But yeah, they're, they're questioning him and, you know, uh, Chameleon Boy and they're like, oh, where's Element Lad? You know, you know, what's he doing? You know, you know where he is. And yeah, and, and then they, they, again, that's all we get from that for now. And we cut across to uh, Winneth, birth home of the Lightning Twins. Yep. And there's, there's a whole section with the uh, uh, triplicate girl. Is that, that it? Yeah. Triplicate girl, yeah. Except one of her bodies has died, so there's only two of them now. Um, but she's still taking out all, all these guys, uh, and they're like, how, how is she doing it with only two of them? And then the, these people, they seem to be all like rejects because Block is here. Um, and, and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, you know, we're friends. It's cool, you know. Um, so they team up. Um, and there's what's supposed to be a, you know, a heartwarming moment where Block... You know, basically, it's like, oh, you, you guys aren't reforming like you usually do at the end of a fight. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, we don't do that anymore because we feel the loss more of the third one. And you know, there's, there's like a, a moment where he just like, you know, holds a hand, or one of them anyway, mm -hmm. and then the other one walks off. Um, and again, and that's all there is from that. Uh, and then we go away to someone else entirely. We're on uh, the Kolu Quadrant now. And we've got a uh, bouncing boy. And who's flying through space, taking out ships. Like, he, he, I think he's been, like, fired out of a ship or he's jumped through a ship. I'm not entirely sure. He looks like a meteor basically flying through ships, crashing them. It's it's a whole thing. I don't know how Bouncing Boy is supposed to work, though, so maybe this is normal. Yeah, Bouncing Boy, he, like, inflates his body and stuff, so... Wouldn't that make um, him, like, really light, just... though? 
Yeah, but his skin's tough, so it's like a ball. So that's how he bounces. Right, but he's just going through like the hulls of all these ships and just completely... They're like Star Destroyers from Star Wars, and he's just going straight <laughs> through them. Future state, bro. I don't have to explain. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way. Uh, I will say there's some really good lettering on this uh, this point, uh, where this is a, a two-page spread of him flying through, and there's a conversation going on. And uh, there's, it's, between, uh, it's between two people at first, and a third person joins in. Mm-hmm. And the third person's clearly on like a like a comms or something or a hollow projector or whatever because they're in like a, they're in separate little blue boxes like little like insert panels. And this would be really hard to follow if the lettering wasn't absolutely perfect here, where it goes you know the lettering goes down the page, and naturally you want to follow the arc because you have these insert panels of bouncing boy going through the middle across. So when it gets to that, you want to go across mm-hmm. with it, uh, but you have an insert panel just above the right of one of them. So your eyes go to the, the action first and then back across to this little insert. But the uh, the speech bubble actually overlaps slightly with the previous one before, just before your eyes would divert down to the next bit. So when you get there, you, you know to lead into that bubble first and then go back across. It's actually a really, really smart little bit of a, uh, you know, just of the craft of just guiding your eyes in the correct form. Um, but this is basically the end of the issue. And then, you know, a, a, a version, you know, the, a version of the Legion is now together, and you know, they're like, you know, chop, and it's long live the Legion. And and I say, I don't know what happened. I don't know how to tell you. I don't know how to summarize this issue because it all is complete nonsense and makes no sense to me. Is and it, it just... doesn't help that it's Rosmo's art that I'm like trying really. Yeah, trying I, to I was just going to say observation. I don't, I don't think he'd mentioned Rosmo yet, really. So I'm very curious as to. Well, how the art is because it's all pervasive in that i, mean, I was getting that i was, I was just uh-huh. like this is the, the problem like i can't follow <clears throat> anything really that it's doing i can kind of make out all oh, right this character's that but it's hard to make out any real expression on a lot of the faces there's a couple that are over exaggerated enough that i can make it out but a lot of them is just kind of shapeless faces um like and, and and there's a weird part where some of them I'm like, I don't know if this is Rosmo's style or if this character is just a weird looking character because I'm not familiar with them enough mm-hmm. <laughs> because Legion. But I think the, the storytelling is actually quite messy uh, from him. There's a lot of panels where, you know, like, like that one there with the the lettering that saved, they completely saved that entire sequence where without that I would have been lost because of where the panel placement was from Rosmo. I would have just had no idea where to, where to follow it. I would have been reading it completely wrong. And that's Pretty poor storytelling. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how much of this is me just really struggling with the dense, horrific issue. Um, I posted a, p- a page on Twitter. Uh, like, uh, it's a small panel. It's like, so it's in the bottom third of the page, and then it's probably just, I don't know, a quarter panel, like a quarter vertical slice panel in the bottom third. And it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sections to a speech bubble in it. Uh, it's just it's too much so much uh, it's 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 a horrendous amount and and yeah and i and like I, said, I don't know how much is is me just finding the the style incomprehensible how much is me the fact that i haven't been reading legion at all so some of this stuff is probably following on characters that he's been using and would make more sense but this was miserable just absolutely miserable um this is like a a 1.5 and at least half of that point 
uh, uh, you know, of one of those points is just for that lettering uh, moment. Well, what a delight that was. <laughs> what a delight that was. Uh, that all brings us on into the part of the show that we pick our favourites of the week. We do our favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and then do our top five books. Um, oh wait, no, I've got a Patreon book. I'm really I was just not thinking, thinking have you it. decided not to do that? No, I've got a Patreon book. Do you, do you was know what it, it was? Uh, Empire. I was looking at the covers and stuff, so I was just, I was prepped for that being next. That's I'll second. Like, Second me time and Matt just assumed that you changed your mind and went, no, oh, okay, no. I guess, guess he's not doing it anymore. I was so, also getting that? a meme generator up to like, post a meme about you reading Bendis and Rosmo. So <laughs> I was a little uh, multitasking, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yes, now I'm going to have a picture book. I've got American Vampire, issue 15, um, to discuss. So the cliffhanger last time, of course, was that the platoon that Henry was in, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're looking to wipe out this 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 nest of vampires so they don't attack the allied forces during the war uh but they end up going into this this little village where there's these monstrous almost liquor looking resident evil villains uh this species of vampire um so in the first half of the issue the first uh batch of it is really just this fight of them trying to survive with the and this is where i was really getting liquor vibes because it was like they're kind of you got the, the bald heads it's, you're not seeing the brain but it's a smooth bald head no eyes and then the tongue's coming out and sort of like reaching for them very very liquory but uh skinner's just like come on you bastards i'll take you all on and he's actually kind of surprised that they, they hurt him a little bit he's a, he's a little concerned that <laughs> they actually were able to do some damage uh, the art here is glorious a lot of oranges in the background with the, the, the night stars kind of like blending into it at the top uh, I mean, obviously the art from Albuquerque has been glorious throughout. The colouring here is very specific. Uh, as the issue is going, we, we eventually cut away from the, the, basically the, the, some of the local villagers are still alive and they're hiding in like an underground cavern. Uh, they've got like a trap door in one of the houses and they kind of like, you know, shout at them and then and they come in. Uh, Pearl is getting undercover with some other nurses to for uh, like, you know, relief. And she's basically being sent obviously to go and save the day and deal with skinner and all the rest of it uh hobbs tries to sort of like say he's like kind of like oh this is brave what you're doing it's, it's kind of almost a moment of respect but then he gets on the phone to someone and the color in here is perfect because they're they're out kind of in that magic twilight hour where the sun's just going down everything's kind of orangey but when he goes to the phone after uh he kind of sees her off so it kind of fits the mood of what he's saying because he says it's Hobbs. Uh, she's a, she's on board the, the 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 plane just where we want her. So clearly he's up to no good. But the, the coloring was such a good tone shift and like really showing the mood of what what this 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 bit of dialogue is doing in terms of showing is that he's up to no good. Uh, really good stuff. Um, so yeah, the soldiers the other soldiers are left Henry with Skinner who's injured. Uh, they're in this underground cavern. The the locals don't really speak English. They've got one one soldier who's already down there, is translating as best he can, um, and they said that basically the legend is that the, the these creatures they've been living in peace with them. Like there's been a balance to this this land for a long time, for for decades even, and it's only just when enemy forces started showing up that things started going wrong. And they very quickly talk about uh, an evil place that's just down the river. And like, wait, is it a prison camp? Is it something else? Like, what is it they've built that's, that's causing all this disturbance, that's causing this unrest and bringing these, these monstrous vampires out into the open? Um, and they go into an underground system of, of caves and stuff to try and get there. But when they as soon as they pop out of the, 
you know, the hatch, sure enough, the Japanese army are waiting for them, and they take the, they, they shoot them with tranks, so they don't kill them, but everyone gets shot with tranks, every single one of them, Henry included. And the end of the issue is they're being dragged towards this this building on the on the cliffside uh, of the sea, and I think we're getting some. The implication here is that there's some weird vampire experiments going on uh, on soldiers that is what's causing a lot of the unrest. At least that's what I'm kind of spe- I don't remember because I've read this before a long time ago, but I don't remember. <laughs> so, but the implication because there's a strike of lightning behind this building. It's it's kind of like we're going into like the evil mad scientist lair. Uh, so it's kind of funny to get that vibe from this after what, what, what felt very very aliens-esque in the way that this this platoon encounters all these monstrous vampires but they can then kind of pivot into mad scientist level where there's like you know frankenstein creations of vampires being concocted um is really interesting so even though you've got this real you know you've got pearl on her way who may be able to help fight but the fact that we see skinner gets hurt by them means that she's not just you know the the superhero coming in to save the day like we maybe thought she was like she she is maybe also in danger herself um so that's really good there's only a couple of pages of her there's another page of her on the plane with the with the other nurses uh and they say oh hey, hey if you're squeamish about blood maybe get over that and it's kind of like a, a dark joke because she's obviously a vampire but um no, I think what I liked about this, uh, and maybe what I liked about this more than the last issue, is the last issue, you know, they the were sort of going around the woods a lot. There was a lot of, like, attempted character building, which is obviously commendable. I think what I liked about this one is, A, the action looked very good in the first half, but everything after that, I feel like it was building towards, okay, what's this mysterious thing, this mysterious building, what's going on there? It felt like it was very, very neatly building up this mystery to something sinister that we've not yet got to. So it felt like there was a nice direction, a nice pull, and then the cliffhanger kind of didn't answer it, didn't pay it off, but it just kind of set up that, okay, the back half of the issue is all building to whatever's next issue is going to be and what the secret of this place is going to be. Uh, so really good driving force, really simple, uh, good horror storytelling. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's hard not to, obviously this came out before then, but it's hard not to get like overlord kind of vibes of like, you know, Nazi experiments. And they're not Nazis in this case, they're the Japanese, but uh same kind of idea so i'm looking forward to the house of horrors that it's uh going to become next time so and obviously the art again very good uh, especially the action early on uh the the magic hour with the plane taking off all that stuff the, the the lighting's glorious um and all of that is so different to that final page where the only orange really on the on the whole page is the lights coming from the building everything else is the blues and the greens and the, the strike of lightning and the, the rain's coming down very good. Mm. That's a solid 8.5, this issue. Uh, nothing to uh, say really negatively, so cool. Uh, so that's issue 15 of American Vampire. So that will take us on to the part of the show where we pick our favourites of the week. Uh, so uh, we'll start off with panel slash moment. Uh, Matt, what are you going for? Huh. Do I want to go dark or do I want to go fun? Because if I want to go dark, I can pull anything from Strange Adventures, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go more fun, and it'll be from Imperius Lex. And it's uh, when Superman shows up on Lexor, right? And he's standing there, and he he torches the uh, the robotics. <laughs> and when you look beneath, 
The, there's three of the aliens that live on Lexor. They go, he destroyed the robot factory. This guy's a monster. I worked there. Right? So it's like, it's almost counter to what we know of Superman, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just a real good moment. Yeah, if I was going fun, it'd have to be the eyes with the, the heat vision. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also want to shout out the suicide saving moment from that same issue because I don't think it's yeah. really good. I'm not going to pick that because, because Strange Adventures of Shuri came out this week, but I don't yeah. want to just give it a shout out. Uh, so Strange Adventures of Shuri, I, there's definitely a number of things I can pick from that. The ending moment of him sitting with those body bags is great. I also love the Flash looking at the you know the what used to be Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think between them, I'm going to go with the final page, the final panel, because of the dramatic <clears> impact <throat> of what it implies about what happened and the trauma that he's dealing with. But the spectacle of everything in that first half of that issue, uh, ending with that Arizona scene, was uh, was great. Uh, or Arizona as a oh what was his name what was the fake name and what we do in the shadows when he's presented to be from Arizona oh Wait. Jackie Daytona yeah Jackie from Daytona Arizona. yes from Arizona uh, that's how we speak uh, in Arizona regular human bartender Jackie Daytona yes Jackie Daytona <laughs> I love it uh, <laughs> uh, but yes the final panel from uh, Street Adventures uh, Connor what's your pick I'm really glad you went with that because I'm, I'm taking the flash page oh sure and I think that that was it hit a little bit extra because Garrett has been teasing it on Twitter like all week without ever showing that page, but right. he showed like a little bit here. He showed uh, like a picture of Phoenix that he'd taken recently, where the skies were like insane, like you know, like, you know, in mm-hmm. real life, you know, they were all like this, you know, blood red skies, and it was like, guys, I think I did something. Oh, and I'm boy. like, I miss like, that. Yeah, Crisis. Like, Still <laughs> yeah. on here and. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, just the teasing of it, I think, made it hit harder. Um, yeah. Hello, that's, man. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right, cover of the week. Uh, I'll jump in first here. Uh, obviously, both Strange Adventures covers are great. I think the main Batman Superman cover is also quite pretty, but I am going to go with the regular Dark Detective cover. I just love that, those colors, that neon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dan Moore art is wonderful, so that's my that pick. That's nice. Connor? Yeah, you mentioned... Strange Adventures, Dark Detective, Batman, Superman. I think I'll go with one that you didn't mention then. Uh, I'm going to go with the variant for Imperious Lex. Um, huh? I think that's a really nice cover. Okay, Matt? All right, well, one of us has a big Strange Adventures, so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Shainer one just because it seems more not like Shainer. Shainer's so sure. light, right? And this is... Uh, Adam Shane's showing up and looks like Sardath and Alana are staring at him like horrified. And he's all torn up from behind. I don't yeah, feel, he's all torn up. I don't feel bad. With... I was going to say, I don't feel bad because I, I, I might have already picked Strange Adventures seven times. So yeah. I don't feel bad that I don't, I'm not this time. But yeah, um, go on. <laughs> but, it, but it contrasts with the with the Garrods, where which has Mr. Terrific, you know, his backs to us with uh, Alana and Strange staring at him. Mm-hmm. So... They go pretty well together. All right, best art of the week, and why is it Strange Adventures, Matt? Oh, it's just Strange Adventures. Everything that we've mentioned before, like the colors and the the dual threat of those artists and how it was handled in this issue, how it kept bouncing back and forth uh, between, you know, but it was still concurrent to the story. So it didn't really feel like we were bouncing back and forth. I th- you know, that's 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 skill. Yeah, I think the dark spectacle of the the war in the first half, and then that final page, and mm-hmm. all that stuff in between. Like, I think that dark spectacle of just how big this war feels with the Justice League, uh, just put it over 
uh, anything that could have even possibly competed this week. It would have taken like a doomsday clock with Gary Frank or something this week to even make me consider going with something else, I think. So, uh, yeah, Strange Adventures for me. Connor? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going with something else. Oh, of course, wait. of course like, he is. Like, genuinely. Uh, I'm, I'm going with uh, Dark Detective, I think. I think I appreciated... I, I like the art in both of those, and I think it was, they were very different. Uh, I like having the variety, and I've picked Strange Adventures every other time, so I again, you know. Yeah. Um, Car Car just did send me a note uh, over the interweb saying that he secretly wants to pick Rosmo for Legion of Superheroes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he just doesn't feel brave enough to say it. So. I, uh, I did tweet the artist from the the Red Hood story. Oh, okay. And we have a response. Okay. Oh. It is uh, Yanis uh, Milo Nuyanis is how you say his name. Yanis Milo Nyanis. Okay. Milo Milo Nyanis. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that and send it to Pete so that next next Milo time when, when it gets to issue four he can refer back to that. Yeah. Well, like someone's name being John St. John. I know, that's what I was thinking. Is he got Yanis there twice? Yanis <laughs> yeah. Milo Nyanis. It's almost like the second part is saying Milo with no Yanis. Milo because Nay in Scottish is, is no, right? <laughs> Just, yeah. right? Yeah. Milo Nyanis. Milo Nyanis. Uh, that's how you would say it. But, um, yeah. All right, and then I actually, I stumbled into a thread of other comic creators and how to pronounce them. I have no interest Correct. in that. Uh, my way is correct. Uh, and that's just how we'll, we'll go with it. Uh, all right. Uh, best, uh, the top five. We're on top fives. Uh, Matt, how's your top five? All right. So, number one, Strange Adventures. Number two is Imperious Lex. Number three is dark detective number four is aquaman and number five is batman superman Connor? yeah that's all right yeah that's fine yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah strange adventures obviously uh quite a significant drop down then after that to uh dark detective and then uh we'll go after that uh imperious lex and then aquaman I mean, I only read five, I think, so I think all five of them are going to be here, but uh, Strange Adventures is by far number one. Uh, Strong number two is D Dark Detective number two. And then a bit of a gap, and then you got Batman, Superman. Then a little bit of a gap, Superman, V's Imperious Lex, and then by default, Ackerman's in last place. Now, Ackerman still had things I like about it, so it wasn't like a complete, you know, it wasn't a disaster or mm -hmm. anything, but... Uh, I feel like... Uh initial reaction to this week you know before we were reading mm. our books where we were just unenthused to read them kind of followed through and not that there was a lot of like terrible books i mean uh, i mean we all noped out of suicide squad and obviously uh i'd say mm -hmm. Legion, but... i'd say it followed through on the upper positive end of that being correct though where I, you know they were a bit better than just meh yeah they were, they were mostly all okay you know they were yeah. fine they were, they were enjoyable enough there, there was nothing that was like oh this is terrible really uh you know legion aside and probably Suicide Squad, let's be honest. Uh, but our feeling was deserved. There's nothing really exciting this week, was there? Yes. From Future State, specifically. Well, not from Future State. I mean, Dark no. Detective, maybe? But And I went in... Well, I think Dark Detective feels a little bit different because it's an issue, too. I wasn't really thinking about that when I was thinking about this week of Future State. I was thinking about all the new ones we hadn't tried yet. I mean, I'm just thinking if I look at like next week's future state, for example. Well, hold on. I'm about, I'm, about, I'm about to tell you what's coming next week. I'm about to do that first. <laughs> and then you can tell us what you think about next week's future state books. Uh, respect the format, you it, ginger It was going to be one sentence. Respect the format before I mute your mic. All right. Next up. <laughs> can we I'll do that without muting Matt, too. <laughs> Matt will take the hit. He's a tripper. Uh, so that's <laughs> coming next week from DC Comics. Uh, starting month two of future state. 
we got Future State, the next Batman issue three. Future State Wonder Woman issue two, maybe the most exciting one there, possibly. Uh, Future State Swamp Thing issue two. Future State Harley Quinn issue two. Future State Superman of Metropolis issue two. Hellblazer Rise and Fall issue three. We got Future State The Flash issue two, which none of us are definitely reading. I'll tell you that. Uh, Harley Quinn The Birds of Prey issue four. Man Bat issue one is an interesting little wild card uh, in next week's slate. Uh, and I also just mentioned the Dreaming Waking Hours issue seven is also out next week. So, uh, uh, Sector Ten is also out next week as well. It's under Young Animal. Oh, oh there you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, all, all I was gonna say is, looking at next week, I'm more excited by that week of books than I was about anything this week. Strange Adventures, notwithstanding. Uh, well, yeah. I eat Yara Four and Man Bat. I'm happy. That's a simple man. Damn. And we get more of the outsider story in in next Batman. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that's also true. true. And Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. probably going to be solid, right? Yeah. Uh, Superman of Metropolis. I'll be honest, I'll I don't see. know if I'm going to read that one. I might still struggle through the main story just to see what happens, because I'm very, I'm fairly curious about the events, even though I don't think it was that well written. Uh, just but, to see what happens. Yeah. DC makes the money, apparently. Well, I ain't reading Flash. I, I definitely dropped that bad boy. Um, yeah, no one's touching that. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming no one's reading the, the final backup for uh, next Batman. Oh, no, of course not. I'm not reading that stupid Arkham Knight thing. Kidding me? <laughs> Arkham Knight and the Knightettes? I'm good. Uh, so, <laughs> this is coming next week from uh, DC Comics. Um, so, well, let me just check a, a date here. Um, hmm. If you listen to this the night it goes up, you still have effectively one day to submit your top 20 TV shows of all time if you want to do that, because we're doing a top 50 TV shows yeah. list. Uh, uh, for celebra- we're celebrating 10,000 subscribers on the main YouTube channel, Mailfuzz TV, um, and we're going to do a similar vote for uh, best DC characters. Uh, the vote for that will be during March, because we'll be hitting 250 in April, so, uh, so look forward to that. So It was a bit, a bit of advanced notice, but it's a thing that's coming. If you want to start thinking about it, if it's going to take that long to sort your thoughts, then there you go. Uh, but yeah, so I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, <laughs> I said that weird, uh, Palacios, uh, David Short, Born Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Thank you to you guys. Uh, they are Patreon producers. You can support us, of course, at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get a bunch of bonuses for your trouble. Uh, the five dollar tier, uh, specifically, you get early access to the show by a day, uh, and you also get early access to the returned previously in the multiverse for a full month. Because uh, the first one of that back, episode sixteen, is up for patrons right now, uh, with me and Connor talking about a bunch of things. Uh, the rest of you have to wait a month. Yes, uh, you can feel special. You can feel special if you're a patron. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you can support us over there. You can support us also for free by simply hitting the like button, subscribing, commenting, uh, rating us highly on your podcast app of choice. Uh, all these things do help and help us find new people. So please do uh, do any of that. Um, otherwise, get us on Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, you get updates there. Uh, you can ask us questions there when we need questions for a, a later week, uh, which we may actually get. Uh, soon. Obviously, Future State feels obviously quite hectic, but uh, we'll actually have a nice, more condensed slate of books after that. So, forward to all those things. Hey, that, that's one uh, Future State month down. Yes, it is. Uh, the, the tough one, because this was the one we had to try everything, pretty much, mm-hmm. except Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn, apparently. Uh, but... <laughs> I like how, like, Harley Quinn we just knew, anyway, but 
Suicide Squad, there was a, an, an intention from at least two of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's this for the DC Comics podcast for the week. I hope you join us next week for more DC shenanigans. Uh, so, Just trying yeah. to think about how short a week really is. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the speech force. Time's a flat circle, guys. Thank you.